Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Barcelona is coming. The crowd knows that we need help. It's that we need the power of Anfield. I just don't think I have to ask for it. They really think it will be there. Everybody will be on their toes. And that's, of course, what we expect, what Barcelona expects. Everything is possible. It's football. The ball is round, rolling in different directions. Grass, wonderful players around. There's a lot of things are possible. Yeah. They're looking for Sadio Mane, who's capitalised on the mistake. Here's Henderson, he's away! Good save! They score! There's one back! Diego Caridi! Liverpool have an early hero at Anfield! Jurgen Klopp celebrates! Still lots of work to do, but it's Liverpool 1, Barcelona 0. Poor header by Alexander-Arnold. Eager to win it back again, though, and he's done it well. Sadio Mane is on his way into the middle, so is Wijnaldum! Oh, it's in! Off the bench, he scored! Liverpool get a second goal in front of the cup, and it really is game on in the Champions League now. 53 minutes gone, Liverpool 2, Barcelona 0, Anfield has exploded! Shakiri. Wijnaldum! Trent Alexander-Arnold settles for the corner. Such a mature footballer, isn't he, Alexander-Arnold? 20 years of age, he's been here since he was six. And he spotted that! Welcome to a special edition of Across the Park. Um, we've got the Reds here tonight. No Blues. It's a Champions League preview. Um, obviously, Champions League final preview. And obviously, we're also going to cover, you know, s- some of the the Champions League group stages and, and and the knockout stages and how we got, you know, on the road to the final. 
got a couple of special guests with us here tonight. Um, I'll just I'll just take off who's here from the podcast because as I say, there's no blues. I've got myself, Terry. I've got Phil and Gary, and then we've got two special guests joining us. We've got Andy Grant, who's a big red season ticket holder in the cop. He's also a podcaster himself with a podcast called Leggy, and the subject of the book, You'll Never Walk. You're all right, Andy? Yeah, thanks for having me, lads. Yeah, no probs. Do you want to give us a little bit of background about like about your book and your podcast yourself before we get cracking? Yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm from Bootle, joined the Marines at 17, uh, saved in Iraq and Afghanistan, and it was when in Afghanistan I was on the wrong end of a bomb, which resulted in me suffering a few injuries. I was, I was in a coma for two weeks, and then after about 18 months... All the injuries had kind of got better, but the one big main injury that was holding me back was injuries to my right lower leg. So I decided to have the leg amputated about 18 months later for a better quality of life. This obviously meant I lost my career in the Royal Marines. I was medically discharged. But for me, it was a it was the right thing to do to have the leg amputated. As, as crazy as that sounds, it got me, got me my quality of life back. And after leaving the Marines, I got into motivational speaking. I started going into schools, into businesses, trying to motivate and inspire people. But the big thing for me was I didn't want to be known as, you know, Andy, this this lad who got blown up at one leg. It was all about trying to redefine myself. And a few years later, in July 2016, I actually became the fastest single leg amputee in the world, over 10,000 metres. I ran 10K in 37 minutes, 17 seconds. And once I'd done the record, that was a kind of point in my life where I'd felt I'd, I'd put to bed this injured soldier. I could kind of move on with my, move on with my life. And through the motivational speaking, I became good friends with uh, Phil Reed, another Liverpool season ticket holder. And he asked me if I'd like to write a book. And we wrote the book, uh, which was it's called You'll Never Walk. And the title comes from a funny story when I had my leg amputated. I was a big Liverpool fan. And I had a live bird with uh, You'll Never Walk Alone tattooed on my leg. And when I had the leg amputated, the surgeons cut off the word alone. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the tattoo now reads You'll Never Walk. So once yeah. I told the publishers about that, they were like, you know, that's got to be the title. Yeah, they love it, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's that's me now. Now that I'm, like I say, back back home in Liverpool, not in the Marines anymore, um, back to go on the match again. Um, like I say, season ticket holder now. Uh, got to go to a couple of ways, a couple of the European ways this season, which was good. And, yeah, my life now is um, as a motivational speaker going into schools, um, businesses, and I just started the podcast to coincide with my 10-year anniversary of being blown up. Just because the t- last 10 years have been pretty crazy for me, I decided to launch a podcast to interview people who've had also you know, crazy lives. And it's just a kind of general chat to find out about interesting people, really. Oh, boss. Yeah. Oh, so 37 minutes. I reckon that's about twice as fast, twice as, fast as I can do it, though. <laughs> 3.7 minutes a kilometre. Uh, it was a six-minute six mile pace, yeah. Yeah, decent. Yeah, decent, very decent. And the other special guest we've got tonight, we've got Mark Murray here. He marks Gary's brother. And it's diff- going to be a difficult one for the listeners, I think, because Gary and Mark sound exactly the same, you'll find. Um, but no, Mark's a, Mark's a massive red as well. Also a season ticket holder, goes everywhere with Liverpool. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, I'm, I don't feel anywhere near as special as I did until I, I just did. <laughs> 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 so, um, can't follow that. I mate. haven't got anywhere any <laughs> as near as inspirational as How that. How fast can you run 10k? <laughs> <laughs> I just nearly ran 10k with himself <laughs> through his introduction. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm a fan of the podcast, so it's it's nice to see the inner workings of it for a change. Yeah. Um, the the portrait of Gary Judge on the walls a little bit off putting, but <laughs> no, it's great to have you both with Thanks. us, you know, joining us, and hopefully it's going to should be a good show. You know, we've got quite a lot to cover. Um, you know, 
the structure of the show is going to be slightly different than what you know the listeners are normally used to. Obviously, because it you know it's a very sort of specific subject matter, uh, the final and and the Champions League. And as I say, how we got there. So I mean, we'll we'll sort of cover really you know Kiev and, and previous European Cup finals um, that we remember. You know, as Liverpool fans, maybe maybe not the older older ones because you know a lot of them are obviously before our time. Um, Though Mark might squeak into one or two of them memories, barely. He's a little bit older than us. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> but um, but no. So it it, it obviously we we look at you know Kiev and Istanbul and Athens and and probably like the impact you know of of, of some of them finals and and where you know this team could go maybe um, if 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 we get it right this year. Um, we're also going to then look at you know the road that got us there. You know the highlights and the moments and maybe some of the lowlights as well because it'd be wrong to sort of ignore that they happened um, and there were one or two along the way I guess. Um, and then obviously we'll move on to looking at the, the actual final itself um, and it'll be a little bit of a preview of what we're all expecting you know the, the sort of the team selections the formations the tactics um, where the game will be won and lost and maybe cover we'll also cover probably a little bit of a fun like the routes and you know some of the stuff that people are doing to get the final and you know and some of our plans while we're there so because I think everyone in the room's going so without further ado let's get right into it and Phil what are you yeah. thinking about the final? Yeah, well, if, if we take it all the way back to Istanbul, um, it feels it feels different this time because we, we we were not the best team in Europe then, and, and we didn't think we were. We had we had we had don't get me wrong, we had Steven Gerrard and Alonso and some great some players, top players, but we had you know we also had you know, some some <laughs> average players at best, didn't we? So Jimmy Traore and you know sort of made a miraculous comeback for the final and disappeared after ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, so you know, I, but you know, after that final, I was hoping we would kick on, and I couldn't wait to see who we were going to sign, being the European champions, and then I love them now, like, but our, our marquee signing was Peter Crouch, and I, and I was expecting us to get Luis Figo that year. Crouch obviously turned out to be a boss little player for us, but we never really pushed on from it. And I think that's partly because like we weren't the best team in Europe. We just happened to be a boss little cup team and we had Anfield behind us. Mm. So it's different this time. I don't know. Yeah. Rafa, Rafa was a big impact for that, for that mm. season as well. It was his first first season in charge. He was taking, taking over in the Champions League. And the, the things he's done for us that season was just remarkable. His, his defensive tactics just got us to the final, really. Yeah, he sort of he, he made a you know a, as you say a team that maybe wasn't at the caliber of some of the other sides. I mean, compared it to the AC Milan team that we beat, it was you know night and day, wasn't it? Yeah. Like sort of in terms of you look at the names that were on there, sort of roster compared to ours. But I, th- I think it's a fair point. You know, I, like I obviously I was there at Istanbul and it was an amazing moment as a Liverpool fan, and we'll never forget it. But it was disappointing like you know you go to be champions of europe and we, we just never really built on it i know we got to athens obviously a couple you know a couple of seasons later but it, it just never it never felt like we we sort of seized the opportunity and made the most of you know that win i think possibly the the club was in a, a different state at the time we had different owners and i, I honestly believe if if at the time rafa had had the backing that maybe some of the later managers have received yeah. I think that he would have had a good opportunity to kick on. I think we've seen that since. He's he's picked up a couple of clubs and and it's fair to say he he had he had success with the Chelsea team that wasn't really doing much at the time. They were in a little bit of a, a disastrous spot. So I, I I honestly think if Rafa had got the back and he would have brought in we were if you think back to the, the calibre of play we were actually linked with that we missed out on at the time. Yeah. I think if you would have been able to bring some of those lads in, we yeah, you were talking mm. like David Silva, weren't you? And and, and David Villa from from Valencia, and th- that was when he first came and stuff, and he just couldn't seem to get them off that. Even what wasn't I know Ronaldo was under the Julio, wasn't he? But you had different players like 
Figo, you, you, you know. Figo was linked. Yeah, there, there yeah. was a few. There was, there was a few that went. There was a couple of, didn't Vizic get linked? He went to United, and yeah, there, there was a couple that we didn't get over the line and stuff. But I mean, I, I, obviously the structure of the clubs changed dramatically, hasn't it? You know, it feels like in much a, a much surer position. I tell you, you what, similar though. If you think about the teams that went on to get beat in the two Champions League finals, 07 and obviously last year in Kiev, they were all out attacking teams who weren't defensively very solid. The team that won in Istanbul was a solid defensive team. Rafa Benitez had that team well drilled. This team is as well. And if you look at like Mourinho's success in the European Cup and the Premier League, it seems to me that Everton's built on a solid foundation in it. And that's what Liverpool have been lacking in the two Champions League finals we've lost. But we seem to have that back now where we're absolutely right to score past, aren't we? Yeah, I think that point with Rafa, I think he, he makes that season. I think if there's any other manager, I don't think we, we do half as good. Mm. You know, and, and you forget how, how close we come to going out that season. You know, if it wasn't for a certain Steven Gerrard, yeah. you know, there were so many moments in that season where it, it was quite obvious we were not the best team in Europe. Where, like you say now, we potentially are in the top two. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it does feel so different, and I think if we're all being honest, it was a lucky cup run. Not mm. not lucky, but it was. It felt like a cup team. It you yeah. didn't feel like we were we'd... overachieving. Weren't oh, we? massively, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, and then we take it back to last year. I think we're going to take a lot from that going into this final. Um, the way, the manner in which we 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 got beat there with Carriers throwing two into throwing two into the goal, um, Salah getting injured and all that. I, you know. The end, that was one of the worst nights I've experienced in football, uh, and I think you know we, we'll take a lot from that going into this final. I think Salah's going to be in in a frightening mood, yeah. you know, mm. come Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's one of them, isn't it? I think like last year, it, it it sort of felt like it was the making of this team a little bit. You know, it sort I of agree. it sort of put I them agree. in that in that in that sort of hungry. Yeah, that frame of mind, like we belong again. You know what I mean? Like which. Although, you know, like we've, we've mentioned there at Istanbul, it maybe just didn't really feel like that. I felt like we were crashing someone else's party a little bit sort of thing, didn't it? Because we maybe weren't good enough to really be on that stage. Um, and even even Athens, I th- you know, I, I thought that was a final we should have won more so than we should have in Istanbul. Um, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't quite happen for us. But last year, it felt like, you know, the team sort of caught a crest of a wave. And that second half of last season, you could start to see the foundations of what we've seen this year. You know, and it's really sort of pushed this team on and gave them a maturity and a confidence Unfortunately, the result never went our way, but it didn't spoil the fans' experience of the, of the actual game, did it? Absolutely not, no. Uh, f- I, and I think I touched on a little bit earlier when we were speaking. Um, for me, it was my favourite trip. Kiev was, was my favourite final, but for the results, of course. But I just thought, the obviously it's been a few years since the last one, but I just thought the organisation, uh, the experience as a fan on the ground, it was absolutely phenomenal. wouldn't change anything about it, bar and... The result. Obviously, the goalie getting himself on the score sheet <laughs> twice. Yeah, concussion, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> some, some slack. I wish I had a concussion, <laughs> I tell you. I seen yeah. something on Twitter the other day. It was like a montage comparing that final to this final, a bit of a preview. And thinking back, you know, that game, we, we were in that game so much. We were in yeah, the game. Really? It, was, it was incredible. Do you know, Terry touched on it just, just before, but I, I think in football, when you lose a big game like that, it can either it can either finish you or it can really galvanise you and make you. And I I honestly believe that it, if you can remember back to last season, there was a feeling going into that match that um, Real Madrid were were a bit of an arse of a team and and mm. they're the kind of club that'll they'll they'll do what's needed to street win. Wise. And I, mm. yeah, streetwise is a better word, yeah. But they they'll do what's needed to win and and, and they'll they'll get themselves over the line, whatever it takes and. And I feel as though Liverpool and the experience they've had in the last few years of finals 
I feel like we're going into this match maybe in that position with a bit more of an edge, knowing what to expect. Against a bit more of a naive opponent, maybe. Well, I think. Well, I'm certainly hoping that on the day, maybe, maybe Tottenham will see the lights and and they. You look through their eleven; they've never experienced anything like this. Mm. And this Liverpool side, one to eleven in the team, you know they've experienced a, a huge, huge night. It'll be a very similar lineup this year. I it think will, uh, the only yeah. difference is Acarius and I think uh, Lovren played last time. I think that's the only difference. Well, the midfield was uh, Wijnaldum, Henderson, and Milner, wasn't it? So I think we're expecting Fabinho to play. It's yeah, going to be a very similar play. lineup. Very similar lineup it, to it uh, will be. the team he played last Hopefully year. Hopefully, Salah makes it to the end of the match this yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, we'll cover the lineups and, and, and what we're thinking team-wise a, a, a bit later. But, I, I, you know, I think it's it, it, it's a great point, you know, that, that maybe we are like the sort of team that's coming into this one um, with a little bit more... A little bit more nous and a little bit more sort of final. Mm. Pedigree is the wrong word, I, I suppose, because we haven't won, you know, won the European finals we've been in recently. But certainly, sort of experience, experience and you know, that little bit of nous and, uh, and maybe how to win these big, these big ones, and and a bit more, co- maybe hopefully a bit more comfortable on that stage. Because I, I think you know, uh, Jurgen Klopp gets a lot of stick in terms of like you know not being able to sort of get it across the line in these finals. But if you think about it, the teams that he's came up against, he came up against in the Europa League final, a severe team. That's one I think. What was it? Four out of six that, at yeah, the last that Europa League. And it? that was all that they focused on. You know, that was it. Like they they abandoned their league so that they could basically com- you know win that Europa League, and that's that was what they used to focus on. They used to finish fifth and sixth in their league. But they'd win the Europa League, and then they came up against the Real Madrid side. That was, you know, they were going for their third on the bounce, weren't they? In, in Champions League, it so third, yeah. you know, may, may, maybe it, we have just been unfortunate to run into them sort of opponents. One, and, and hopefully we come into this one, and you know, you you even look at Spurs in the latter stages of the Champions League, they've scraped through games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it is it that they are a little bit overall by the, by the occasion and looks have sort of like got them through it? And you know, I, I just. You look at them towards the end of the season. I think they finished losing thirteen games. Well, in they, the league. they fell away, and obviously they ended up going through on VAR, didn't they? Against yeah. against, against City, City and yeah. scoring a very dying last kick of the game against Ajax. So, you know, it's one of them. Maybe it is that the, the, the occasion that of the that, that's yeah, yeah. Istanbul well, season. You it just is. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. I suppose there's an yeah. element. We've also had a bit of that this season, haven't we? So it's like not maybe not quite the same, but you know, in, in look, in I think I think to to reach the final of of the European Cup, you're not going to 4-0 everyone no, every week. Absolutely not. You're going to always reach them pinch points in games where it could go either way. And if, a, if luck and, and that little edge of quality is with you on the night, you'll get there. If it isn't, you can uh, you look at City, as you say, VAR by what a yard, yeah, if that, and yeah. they're not in the final. Mm. Speaking of that, you know, we only just scraped through in the group stages. If we if we take it back, if we take it back to then, it comes down to the last day, didn't it? But um, I remember at that time, it obviously it hasn't been this way in in the knockout stage in the uh, you know the knockout stages, but in the group, our away form weren't great this year, was it? No, um, and I think that's a good point, sort of, to go into, isn't it? I mean, the sort of run to the final. I mean, do you want to pick it up there because the away form is the key, isn't it? Through the through the group stages, it's the key point that everyone sort of discussed and, and was talking about at the time. So I mean, what what we was your off, view on that? with a good win against PSG, um, and that that was a tricky game for me because. I remember after the game, everyone was saying that PSG, were, you know, they weren't very good on the basis that the front three didn't do anything. They just let Trent and Robertson push on. And in the end, that was the difference because I remember the fullbacks had a big impact in that game. But it also presented a problem in that if you do get caught, they've got the three of the best strikers in the world yeah, up at yeah. the other end. So yeah. it was a tactical, you know, dilemma how, how to play that game. But it, it was a big win and that started us off on the right foot. But it didn't last for long. Um, and we got beat away at Napoli. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it, didn't we, on the season review episode, I think it was, wasn't it? Well, not the season review, last week's podcast yeah. when, when we when we were chatting. And, you know, the Napoli one was an interesting one because we'd obviously gone pre-season. had me to Dublin to watch us in the, uh, against Napoli um, at the Aviva Stadium and absolutely demolished them. You know, when, yeah. when, we, when we were watching that game, we looked like we gelled immediately, you know, as a team. And as I say, we were coming off the back of obviously losing the Champions League final, but the team looked yeah. like they were right at it. You know, no yeah. messing about. We, we said after the, it's always hard to judge pre-season games because that, that's what they are. They're just pre-season. They're, they're really there to get fitness and, and to be ready for, for when the season starts. But even, even with that in mind, we absolutely dominated that game. They, mm. they didn't get a sniff at all. And... You just thought when we went into the Champions League against them, I just thought this was this is a three 0 game. This we'll 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 yeah. beat these easy. And it's and one of them. You don't want to put too much stock in preseason games, but because it was so towards the back end of preseason, it was almost like they were ready yeah. and we were ready. You know, like it, it it felt a bit more of a competitive game. The scoreline wasn't, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. like we were about two or three weeks ahead of them, though. You know, mm, maybe, uh, but a lot, a lot of it was down to that. But you did sort of take that into that into the Napoli did, group yeah. games, didn't you? Because you naively. thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, naively. Because I remember that game as well. Up, didn't he? I was working away for it, and I seen on um, looked on my phone, and it said 90th minute goal. And I thought, oh, you know, they've spawned it there, they've won. And then yeah. I spoke to my dad, and he said, nah, they've battered us all, all game. on the night. Just I think I remember the frustration of that game was. Liverpool just didn't turn up. Mm. We played well, well within ourselves, and I think there was a feeling towards the end of the game of, okay, at least we're not going to lose a point away in the Champions League. It's a good start early on after winning the first game, and then getting that sucker punch at the end. You, you know, it it really did feel like an opportunity lost that to, mm. to make some headway in the, in the, in a in a difficult group when when yeah, the, when the draw. Did, but, but Andy's right though. We we didn't we didn't. We didn't deserve it. He did, no, he did, no, he absolutely did not. But I had that feeling, which I've had many, many times as I read, of we're we're losing this unnecessarily. If we if we if we up it up or go anywhere near what our ability levels, we can take this game. Yeah. But uh, as it was, we we got. You remember as well the season before Napoli were a, a serious team. They, they pushed Juve, I think it was, all, all, all the way. Yeah, um, no, absolutely, and uh, no one—I don't think anyone sort of disputing that that they're, they're a top side. I think it, there was just a there was a I think there was a feeling that we were just we're a better side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what Mark's getting at, isn't yeah. it? Like it, it felt like it, it, it was, you know, everyone was talking. It's a really difficult place to go and win a game of football and stuff. But it was as Mark saying, I, I, I and I take his point. It's like it feels like your Liverpool fancy it. Yeah. It was ours to. It was hard to lose almost yeah. sort of thing and on the night we were just in a bit of a funk weren't we? I, th- yeah. I think that's the big difference in like a, a wider point is that Klopp and, and this team now have, have give you that confidence where gone are the days of Istanbul and where you're thinking this is we're a good cup team and you know what we've fluked this yeah, everyone's I, got this I, confidence I now of no, you know what we're, we're one of the best teams in Europe now yeah. and we should be going there and getting a point yeah. and we should be and we feel better than 99.9% of the teams we play don't we? Exactly and you, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing but it there definitely is a change this past 18 months yeah. where you're thinking now nah, we're, we're one of the big hitters again now yeah. and we've gone from that kind of lucky cup team that yeah and I think the danger in that lies in complacency mm. and I think you know if we start to look at Liverpool's away form in that group complacency is like one of the only things I can think might have come into it I mean how else do you explain getting done by Red Star I, I don't necessarily think complacency was an issue I, I think maybe early on in the season it kind of represented a little bit of a change in 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 the in the mentality and the approach of the team. I think that um, my my view on the team now to to the end of last season, when I thought we were potentially still a little bit soft, 
I think now this team has grown to a point where that feeling gives me confidence going into the final. I feel as though we're not going to rush things, we're not going to get overall, we're not going to get carried away. We've got a solid centre and I feel as though we can take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and impose ourselves. And, and if we feel a game getting away from us, you can see the team actively step it up or actively change a tactic during play that'll that'll ch turn the game back into the and just it, just going back to the group stages though there I'm trying to trying to think of some reasons why Liverpool suffered such you know negative results away from home yeah, against like, inferior teams I, I don't think and you know I, I don't think it was a complacency factor I think no. that's the wrong word and you know we and we we talked about it on the podcast numerous times did me I think there was a there was an element of it was potentially and you've pushed back on this to be fair so you know maybe it is one to, to sort of put you know to the wider audience to like something like Mark and, and, and Andy and see what see what their opinion is on it but it was more was the midfield set up correctly to against go Red Star. to go to the Red Star aside because that's a different matter but against the top top midfields in Europe you like see your Napoli's your PSG's and stuff like that it was our midfield set up the correct way because it that was almost a legacy of a little bit of even at the tail end of last season where against the top teams in the latter stages and things it was like there was still a feeling of the, was the midfield correct for me? You know, like I, I, I still felt like we were. It was almost if we couldn't impose ourselves on the game early. Some of the other the, the caliber of midfields that you're up against, P PSG particularly away was was a significant one. I remember it was like our players were just chasing shadows, and it was like they, they weren't even on the was same that, level. Was it Verratti, Verratti was absolutely shoulder. unreal. You know what I mean? I, I was at PSG away, and I remember like thinking. This is the worst I've seen us play for a long time, and it wasn't that we played necessarily bad, but you just look. It just felt nah, these are, these are a it lot looks second best. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was one of the only times I've felt that this season. But um, we actually finished that PSG game really strong. If I mm. remember, I remember thinking we might get something here. By the time the end of the the game come, I was thinking another ten minutes we get this. Mm. I, d I don't know if I'm I'm remembering remembering that right, but. It, again, I, I had that. I had the same familiar feeling of I know they're a top outfit PSG, but I remember on the night thinking we're playing within ourselves here. I I don't know if it's an issue going back to Phil's point whether in Europe sometimes you sometimes get into the mentality of playing European away games and you go into them thinking we don't concede goals, we keep it tight, we see what we can get, and I think maybe we slipped into that a little bit earlier, and then maybe we just let the shackles off as the group rolls on and we started getting back to the wall where if we don't start winning these games, yeah. we're going to fall out of the tournament. Well, I, I think it, that's definitely a, you know, a, a valid point in terms once we got into the knockout stages, it feels yeah. like we sort of put our foot on the gas, but yeah, in the group yeah. stages it was played Maybe within. Maybe we were just trying to be a little bit smart in the group. Yeah, and I, and I think that goes back to what I was saying about, about the midfield and that trying to sort of play midfields that are too controlling or too maybe safe is safe the right word I, think, I don't know whether it's the right word but I, I think as well though we, we came up against sides there you're, you're saying there Napoli and PSG that they are two strong teams in Europe and on the on the days when we played them they were quality it, mm. it's not like they, they didn't turn up either and we were just we were worse than what they were they were good you think back to that Napoli game that cooler Bali was absolutely yeah, was incredible then, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I made a joke last time there was a point where he, he crossed it in and edited it at the same time <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he was. It did seem like he was everywhere. After that game, I was just like, pay whatever it takes <laughs> to get him. Imagine him and Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah, it'd be insane. You know what I think it? about Reds as well, and I think we do kid ourselves sometimes. You know, we talk about the power of Anfield, and we all know how special it is, but 
the three ways that we went to there, they were all tougher ways. Absolutely. I mean, that Belgrade, it didn't it didn't look yeah, like a nice it place to a play. Holiday was it? Napoli, no. you know, you talk about that, and and I was at the PSG one, and, and it was it was intimidating. They were was the it? they were loud. They it yeah. was. It was. I think they um, had to be because of our because of our game, didn't they? Because the way what we done to them, we absolutely annihilated them first half in the in the home the home leg, and then they, they managed to get the two goals back, which was completely against the run of play. And the fact that they they thought they were coming away with the draw, there it, mm. was, it was late on that they scored, didn't they? Like eighty odd minutes, yeah, and then Firmino managed to managed yeah. to get the, the winner late on. But I think they they were sort of not that they wouldn't have anyway but I think that gave them an extra like the fans an extra bit of a, yeah. a push to make I, I sure do, the atmosphere I was do feel the atmospheres were a factor especially at Belgrade that, that's a really intimidating place to go yeah. and I think they beat Napoli didn't they in, in the group stages mm. I think Napoli were a bit overawed by it mm. maybe not overawed by it but it lifted their players I wouldn't say yeah and maybe you know you talk about the midfield or complacency but I do think that I'm not saying the players think this but it's almost like we know we can beat anyone at home and it's kind of like we forget that other atmospheres and other fans can have a, such a big impact as the way we do at Anfield. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think another thing with the Belgrade game, though, away, two weeks earlier, we just battered them at home. Four, I think yeah, it was 4-0, 4-1. And I think we just thought, not not again, I don't, I don't think we were complacent, but maybe there was a touch of it going into... I was into just saying, I was just thinking, uh, are we just all getting the long way round to agreeing with Philly? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I'd probably say 15 minutes here, Phil. I'll tell you what's a big problem, complacency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but going back to Terry's point about the midfield, we've seen an evolution this season of our midfield because we played the Milner, Henderson, Warren Alden, but it wasn't the players, it was the way that it was they, the way they were, the way de- they were deployed. So it was Henderson holding with Warren Alden expecting to do the creativity and that kind of used to make sense but as we've seen these players perform throughout the season it, it, we na- it now makes sense that Wijnaldum's better holding yeah. and actually Henderson's better in the in the advanced in position the just like he was back in 2014 he sort of, yeah. he sort of tried to, to change that with the midfield against Napoli though didn't he because he started to cater that game and, and he went off he after went about off 8 minutes 12 yeah. minutes something like that and, and so we ended up reverting back to the, the, the normal mm. three like but yeah, I get your point. It, it has, we've seen as the season progressed that Henderson, as he's been pushed forward, has, has operated better than, than what and, he was and, and the opposite of Wijnaldum. He operates better as... Sort well, of just in front of Fabinho. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the tough thing for Klopp at that midfield as well is you've got Cater and Fabinho coming in. He's trying to blood them and they've both had part of the season where they've, they've come into form and they haven't. Yeah. So you're trying to you know find everyone's best position, who works with who, whilst trying to bring in two new players and they're getting injured and it's... Yeah. It's a bit, it's too easy then, isn't it, to sort of just go, well, th- why risk it and let me play the three that I'm sort of familiar with? Mm. Yeah. You know, he, he runs the risk, you know, he plays three that he knows and they, we don't have a good game, they get overrun and it's like, well, why didn't you play him? Yeah. But if he had played him and they got overrun, you would have said, well, why hasn't he played the one that we know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously... We're talking about the group stage here, and and you know, the, as I say, there was a couple of little low moments and stuff, and and obviously some some good moments. But you look at that group, and you came through one of the m- the toughest groups that you could possibly get in. It, well, probably mm. the toughest mm. group this year, yeah. But you know, you look at that, and you look at PSG, and they've been in around the latter stages, you know, of, of recent Champions League over a number of years. And Napoli's obviously, you know, as you say, it's a, a top side and yeah. and one of the best teams in Italy, and. As we've identified, Belgrade's a really tough place to go, and and other teams didn't take point, you know, get points away at Belgrade. So, you know, looking at it, you've got to sort of respect what we've done to get through. I know we left it late on the last, you know, went down to the last game, didn't it? With that weird sort of permutations. Yeah, yeah it was like we, we had to win either one nil or by two clear goals. I think it was similar to the Olympiacos when when Gerard scored mm. that goal, and and I think Saint Etienne was the same as well years ago, wasn't it? 
But uh, yeah, and that I think we we managed that game so well against Napoli. It was it was a case of to do that with to an Italian team. It's hard to do. Yeah. But to get the goal and then defend the way we did, and then Allison pulling a worldie out the bag later on in the game, you, you can't go past that without without mentioning it. Yeah, Just absolutely. Incredible save. And you, you you look at that there, and a goalkeeper's basically you know almost got us into the knockout stages and. We wouldn't have thought that we'd have, we'd have that to say about any of our goalkeepers. Nice, will be over the, it yeah. is nice. It it's is paid really his nice. transfer fee yeah, off. Absolutely, yeah. The money in the Champions League. The last stages, You yeah. could see from the players how they celebrated with him as if he just scored the winner. You could see how much it meant to everyone there, not just yeah. the fans, but the players recognised that, you know, we have got a yeah. absolute world on our hands here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'd done our season review on Sunday, didn't we? It was like domestic season review because obviously our season's still going, the Blues isn't. Um, <laughs> but, and we, we, you know, one of the categories that we said was sign of the season and it has to be Alisson doesn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's anyone else who you could really... And Fabinho, we sort of... Yeah, Fabinho, Fabinho but Allison's done it all season. He has. Fabinho come into it, but... Yeah. But yeah. No, but um, I totally agree. But yeah, so, so I mean... I was going to say, we've got a catchphrase on the show, haven't we? So Everton. The way we qualified from that group was so Liverpool, wasn't it? It was. Down to the last <laughs> you know, minute, we, we pulled it, it out like when, we, when we needed to. That's what we, we used to, isn't it? it but is. the thing about that, uh, again, it's it's normally the Liverpool thing, do it, loads of drama last minute and stuff, mm. but from what I remember about that Napoli game, and I, I might be wrong, but they had that last shot in, in the minute, which Alisson saved, but I think one of you mentioned it then, we controlled that game really well. It wasn't as yeah. if you're sitting on the edge of your seat all game thinking they're going to score you. And I think that's what it's been like most of the season in, in domestically as well. Is yeah. Van Dijk and Alisson, I've, I don't know, being in the ground, I'm there thinking... I'm not even worried when the opposition are going to shoot anymore no. or when they've got the ball. Yeah, it's like if and you get 1-0 up, you're expecting to win the game. Yeah, and it's that assuredness now that you've got. So I remember thinking in that Napoli game, I honestly wasn't thinking, nah, you know what? Well, that risky. Nah. Yeah. That, that was my comparison back to the, uh, the Rafa Benitez team. Like, you felt like that with Rafa, didn't you? If you got a lead, you weren't going to yeah. concede. Like. Yeah, you felt like he had it stitched up and sewn up, didn't he? Like, he knew how to go away and, and get the result we needed <laughs> and then yeah. bring back to Anfield and it was and obviously, you know, let the ground do the rest sort of thing and he, he, he had that worked out, Rafa. But, so. but that Napoli game was the turning point then, wasn't it? Because we were on to the group stages and obviously it was a much different thing then. We, we well, really that's it. We're, we're talking there about the, our away form in Europe being being dodgy and hard and it was a complete contrast in the in the first two, the round of 16 in the quarterfinal because it was the away games that, that sort of shone. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Mark mentions it before, it's like, it, it almost feels like we came out that group stage and getting through it was vindication for how good we are as a side. Put our foot down and let's start asserting ourselves in these games. I and think I think you can follow the, the, the development of this team from the start of the season to right up to this point, and you can see right through it key moments where not only have they, have they realised the likes of how good Alisson is and how much they can rely on Van Dijk, but the fans have bought into that feeling. And The, the last uh, last um, title push we went on, I, could re- I remember the anxiety at, at Anfield coming into some of these later games, and it hasn't been like that. All right, there's been now and again this season where people have got a little bit stressed, but I honestly think that the fans now have got a trust in this team. And mm. Talking about complacency, you know... I, I think there'll be, a, I wouldn't say complacent, but there'll be a lot of fans going to this to this final this year thinking this is ours this year. Mm. The one reassuring factor for me is I don't think the players see it that way. I, I, I feel like we can now trust this team not to get complacent. Yeah. I feel like they'll go in and they'll be responsible and they'll manage the game and they'll do what they need to do. And that's why, you know, I, I, I'm confident in them. 
um, to to get the job done. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting point, and it, it is one that we brought up on, on you know with regular listeners or no, we've sort of talked about how almost the Anfield crowd's been there's been an, a, a level of like education and disciplining of the crowd, hasn't there? You know, it doesn't panic anymore like in in them sort of moments it's when we trust. go a goal behind. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it trust trust, it's built on the fact of you know that y- they look around and they see this team and you mentioned it before the gears that they've got to go into it, it's a lot easier to sort of go it's okay yeah. it's okay yeah, we've not been beat at Anfield for over two years yeah over a, thou- a th- over a thousand days yeah. something it is I've seen the day on yeah. Twitter no no I, I, and, and the other side to it I think uh, why the crowd is not panicking any longer is because Jürgen Kopp's very calm he doesn't change his approach dramatically in games you know I know he's rude a little bit for making a 65-minute first substitution like routinely and stuff like that, but it's all consistent. It's calm. doesn't panic. doesn't make mad changes. doesn't throw the tactics out the window. It's just it's just a case of he believes in the lads yeah. and the mm. tactics. They believe in him and his tactics. And, and then the as fans a, as believe a in the unit, collective. The fans all believe in yeah, so yeah. One, one It comes from Klopp. One thing I think is a, is a great saying in life as well, which Klopp has, and he says it a lot. It's you know you don't get too excited when you're winning, and don't you know get you too, too calm and, too and, and you can see that in the team. You know maybe the midfield doesn't work earlier on in the season. One game, it's not this whole. Oh, we need to. Th- it's no. You know what? Calm do you it think down that's come from Van Dijk? How much of an impact on on that do you think Van Dijk has been? That feeling. You know what is, is he has he's been incredible in Allison, but I do think this kind of feel that Anfield has got now when fans have towards Liverpool as great as the signings have been I do think it's Klopp mm-hmm. I think that culture that he's brought the ethos the values everything he's brought to the club the players have obviously bought in and that's the reason why these big players are coming yeah. you know Van Dijk could have went anywhere in the world yeah. he's come there because he's, you know, he's having those chats with Klopp and he's seeing something in Klopp not even as a football manager but as a person mm. where he's thinking you know what I, I like your views on life I like your I like how you work your work ethic and I, I think it's a, it's everything put together yeah. which has created this atmosphere at Anfield now where you just feel this confidence in them I think you, you see that a lot as well with when, when you do go behind in games or if you can see late on or, or you're hard drawing late on and you might kick one out for a goal kick well, five years ago, you'd have seen after stand standing up to walk out and yeah. then get off. Now you don't you don't see half as many leaving early early now. They, they tend to want to stay because yeah, they're they're expecting you. You know they know we can get a late goal. They know we can go and still go on and win the game even if we're behind. Yeah, and the, and you know, Klopp's a factor in that because he actually came out, didn't he? You know, yeah. publicly yeah. and berated the crowds about you know. Felt like I was why, on my own. Why why yeah why you leaving early sort of thing? You know, football's it. It isn't but you know what? Like not some managers wouldn't get away with saying that. It's, it would have turned been turned on him. How dare you dis- criticize the paying Anfield crowd? Mm. We'll go if we want to go, type of thing. But mm. when Klopp said it, was like, oh shit, sh- we should never stay there. No, it's it's a good point, and and obviously it, it got us into the position. Like through we got through them group stages, and now we're in the position of the knockout game. So do we want to sort of touch on the Bayern Munich game, like sort of actual? Because when you think about it, you know there was a, there was a a, a lot of sort of you know, there was a lot of chat, wasn't there, before the game that it was a team in decline and all this sort of thing. And when you look at oh, how many, f- how I many knockouts, how, how, sorry, how many late semi-finals they've been to in the last couple of seasons, they're still a side to be respected by Munich. And look how Bayern finished the season; they've they done the double. Yeah. You know, so as for the side in decline, I think unfortunately, I mean. Both European finals are, are all English teams. That shows you the calibre now of the English league. Mm. Look where Liverpool and Man City are in the English league, how far ahead of the other teams they are. I think that the season, as it started off in, in the Champions League, certainly is a little bit stuttery. 
I think, uh, like my contribution to this show. <laughs> 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 but um, I, I think the Bayern Munich game for me was was a, an awakening. I think we had a, we had one hand in the in the in the race for the Premier League title to an extent. I don't know how anyone else feels, but. I ne- I never really had much attention on the Champions League. I, I was paying me money. I was go. I had me ticket. I was going and watching. I didn't expect another final. I think the Bayern Munich tie represented for me. Hang on a second. We could sneak yeah. into this final here. Yeah. yeah. And that was when I sat up. I was not buying into team in, in decline in any way, shape, or form. It's as I think m- back now with with that running. I distinctly remember not being, which sounds crazy, not being as excited for that Bayern yeah. because it. Maybe it was because of the league. We were doing so well in the league, but I'm thinking back now and before the game, I can't really remember what I did and I, mm. I can't really remember much of the game. And I remember walking away and I had a pint in the halfway house and Jamie Webster was playing. And I walked down, which obviously just drew nil-nil. And I walked in the pub, just so deflated. And I was thinking, oh, we've, you know, we're, we're out of that there. And I remember Jamie Webster gave a bit of a rousing speech in the pub and was like, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to go over to Germany. Klopp's beat them loads of times in the backyard. You know what I mean? We should have we should have won that game, and and I thought it was only then I thought you know what Pfft, we still got a chance on, here. Yeah, but yeah. but we, I totally agree. Before that, I can't really remember being that excited for some reason. I don't know why, but it, it maybe it was, was the league. It probably was the league, yeah, because that that's what everyone wanted. You know, if, if you if someone had said to you, yeah, you'll you'll go out of that to Bayern Munich, but you'll go on and you'll win the league, you'd have absolutely snapped around. I think a one hundred percent of Liverpool yeah, fans would have snapped around. Don't forget, this was February, weren't it? So the, the I was thinking, yeah, what month well was that? Well, I'm truly, on. I think it was the twelfth of Feb. Yeah, well, well, how, do you, how do you know that, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know that? Well, we all know the story, don't we? I think I was out with the lads over Christmas, absolutely bladdered. And um, on the night, everyone was talking about what fight, how are you getting to Munich? Have anyone seen any good fights in there? So I get in, it's about half three, four in the morning, go on Skyscanner, Liverpool to Munich, quick Google the gate of the date when Liverpool play Munich, 12th of Feb, I think it was, sounds, yeah. Look on, five or six fights there. Well, I seen, sorry, I've seen a fight for about. I think it was uh, 25 quid a man. So I booked one for all the lads, about five or six of us, wasn't it? Put it in WhatsApp. Oh, he's, I've smashed it. I've got us all a fight. <laughs> Fell asleep, woke up, and I had messages off Terry and Gary saying, you absolute idiot. That's the, that's the home leg. So I booked <laughs> fights to the uh, to Munich for the home leg. <laughs> but anyway, good enough. One of the lads came with me and we went, ended up on German Sky Sports and all that and watched it with the Liverpool supporters club over there. It was boss, actually. What a good mate you are as well for trying to sort all that. Everyone gave me the money back, though. You got offered it. Your own stupidity, you don't deserve it. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean... <laughs> It, it was one of them. It was it was hilarious. Like when you got the message, I remember going to my bed. I was like, I feel sort of that flight today for Munich sound, nah. <laughs> and she was like, When is it? And I was like, Hardly had a look, and I was like, Hang on, oh, what's he talking about? <laughs> and I told her, and she that's went, brilliant. Oh, that's stupid. And I was like, Oh, it's just typical film. Yeah, my my missus just went, Yeah, it's Phil. Yeah, that <laughs> was absolutely bad. To, 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 you know, I, I might be able to relieve this um, embarrassment a little bit, you know, Phil. Oh, because come on, come on, man. I've, I've, I've booked a holiday at the end of the season to, to Italy and I've squeezed it in. I've had a look at the league t- pictures and I've thought I'll go the day after the second to last league game, I'll get myself home for the last league game. Um, didn't even give a single thought to the Champions League game, and I've only missed the Barcelona oh. semi final. I was sitting in a pizza shop in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only person in there watching the game. It was on behind, there was a curtain I've tucked over the corner of the screen. I've climbed up, tucked it behind the screen, and watching it in a room full of Italians. 
I'm sitting in silence, trying to be civilized. Just think, keeping one eye on it. Let Let's be honest. That up until the second goal, we we, we were still half thinking. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bridge it, too far. Yeah. When when that Wijnaldum goal went in, I leapt out of my seat in a silent restaurant, screamed at the top of my lungs, and everybody just spun around <laughs> on the seat. So I think the fella behind Englishman. the counter lay down on the floor. He told he was getting rolled. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's got a bit of a... He had a close call at the oh. finals, didn't he? Well, yeah, I mean... You know, yeah, that was your fault, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> it was half my fault. So, I mean, it's my dad's 60th uh, tomorrow. Um, so he's away at the moment, but we're going to the final. Like, But um, originally, you know, you know the way normally the Champions League final, I just have it in my head, it's the 25th of May. Yeah. <laughs> Every Same. year, the 25th of May. You know, like, and you think the season will finish and all that, and then it's the 25th of May. And I remember my mum was going, what are we going to do for your dad's birthday and stuff? I was like, I don't know. So we've ended up booking like a, a, like a lodge away, you know, like all, all the family all going and that big, big sort of lodge and all that. And uh, we booked it, my mum went, oh, we booked it the first weekend in June. I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds. And, uh, and I went, oh, yeah, June's all right. No games in June. And, like, <laughs> you know, 25th of May, the final. Well, there it is. It obviously falls on, on, <laughs> on, on the Champions League final weekend. So... It was a surprise for me, Dad. So we've sort of been waiting and waiting and waiting and thinking we won't have to spoil the surprise. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens, you know. Because if you go out, then it, it doesn't matter, and we don't have to spoil the surprise. But obviously, after and after the Barca game, my sister, funnily enough, was like, "But well, that's that. We don't need to tell him now." And I was like, "Don't be so sure, you know." Because I was on, mm. I was on the podcast when I saying I'm not having it that we're out at, at that point. Yeah. And then it goes the game, and on my season tickets in the centenary, but I get moved for the Champions League games uh, for the Thomas Cook packages or whatever in our block. So I sit, I managed to get this season a seat two along from my dad in the main stand. So we're there watching the Barca game, and then obviously after the as soon as we, we won the final whistle, goal, and he goes, "We're going, lads, we're going," and I was like, "Are we going?" Yeah, and he went, "Yeah, we're going," and I thought. Oh, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have murder here trying to get this move. <laughs> Where the lodge? <laughs> the lodge, yeah. So, so I end up I, I end up getting on to them and all that, and so and I managed to, I had to speak to the owner and all this keeper and get it moved. Then my sister was giving me dogs. Be, I can't get the holidays off work. And I'm like, just ask, and we had all kinds of murders. But luckily, I managed to move it to the next weekend in June. Um, I had to take a little bit of a hit on money, like money wise, but sorted. So. We're going the final, and then obviously we're going the lodge that we have to. There you go. I'm not the only one. The amount yeah. of lads, though, I uh, like there's about eight or nine of us that go to the game every week, and a few of them have all got married around this time, and they've all got bloody anniversaries. And I don't know why you'd ever get married at the end of no, May. Bad show. Like that. one of the lads is in Vegas for her, um, his his one year anniversary. Yeah. And I just said, don't ever get married at the end of May because oh. you just never know. Listen, do you? Missing that Barcelona game has burnt onto my soul for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Maze and no go. Every single year, I am gonna write the fixture list down on a calendar yeah. and stick it on the bedroom. Just, just before you arrived, Mark, we were talking with Andy and Gary, and they were saying, "Oh, that was the best night of their lives." Oh. Like, you know, at Anfield, <laughs> you know, yeah. best yeah, match a, you've ever seen. Just, isn't a, it? just, just a, a little bit underwhelming, actually. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. just a side note: I only managed to get to that game because I had our Mark's ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Authenticity to the podcast, <laughs> class. <now. laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to the the wedding anniversaries and stuff, I booked me uh, honey moon for oh may yeah, you were away for you? may Get last Uber. year but when i booked it we weren't even in the champions league yeah. and then we turned out to get to the final and i had to miss kiev because i was i was in a ruber on my honeymoon watching it in a bar with 50 real madrid fans on my own <laughs> lovely it was horrendous we are crap liverpool <laughs> 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 we improve our commitment please <laughs> 
So obviously, I mean, we briefly discussed the, the the Bayern Munich game there. I mean, just just going back to you saying, you know, everyone there was people saying it was an aging side and all that. If you if you looked at the BT Sport coverage, they weren't. Owen Hargreaves was on there giving it yeah, at half time, especially like in the first leg. Um, Bayern Munich are a great side. You can see their their experience and the quality and this that the other. Yeah, by the exactly end of, right. By I the remember end of the second leg, half time about that. Yeah, by the end of the second leg, it was oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're an aging side. You know, they need they need to have a clear out and get some beauty. Like, well, you've changed your mind over two yeah, weeks there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's proved as well. He went on and just done the double. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That, bad. that was just giving Liverpool no credit and and taking it all away from it's, Bayern Munich. It's ha- hindsight, a wonderful thing, and and, and I think. When you've seen a saga taken apart, it's not nice to just... Well, certainly at Arvin and BT Sports, uh, pundits, they don't want to turn around and go, this Liverpool team has just dismantled the champions yeah, it, of Germany. It's the real deal. It's got to be, oh, actually, the the start to fall away. They were, they were setting that tone about the uh, the Real Madrid team before and let's, before last year's final, let's be honest. All right, since then, it hasn't really kicked yeah, off. Lost Ronaldo. Lost yeah, yeah. Exactly, but that, that was the big thing for them last year. Yeah. Ronaldo and Carrius, yeah. they were the two. Like, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt, but there's it's an difference. argument there for they were at their pinnacle, having won three of them, and, mm. and, and you know, all right, Carrius never had his gloves on on a night or his boots, but I, I don't know. I, I think in football sometimes you just give got to give credit where it's due, and I think on, Liverpool were fantastic against Bayern Munich, and it certainly woke me up to the to the Champions yeah, League and the potential of winning. Speaking of credit where it's due to this point in the journey, you know, we've beat the champions of France. We've beat the champions of Belgrade, the champions of champions Portugal. of Belgrade. Of, 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 of Belgrade's a city, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Best team in the city. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Serbia. Is it Serbia? But the champions of France as well. Champions of France. Mm. Champions of Germany. When Napoli, were they? I don't think. Yeah, they they won as well. No, they were runners up, but I think they were the champions of Napoli. Naples. But so uh, then, and then we go on to play the champions of Portugal. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and obviously, at, at, again, like the the sort of rhetoric going into that one was, oh, you tonked Porto. That was the easy one in the draw. You tonked them last season and stuff in the group stages. And oh, what was it the last sixteen? It was last sixteen, wasn't it? And um, yeah. I know all of, all of this capable. They're no mug side. You don't get to that stage of the Champions League unless no. you're a decent yeah, side. Exactly. And the yeah. funny, and the, the funny thing about that though, at that point when we got the draw, we got Porto. Porto was the only team in that draw that wants to get Liverpool for redemption for last season. Every yeah. other team didn't yeah. want to get us. Yeah, Good point. Yeah. They were the only team that would have took Avanos so that they could get revenge. Yeah. No other team wanted to... Pl- there was that reporter, I've seen the uh, reporter outside the new Camp, and he's saying... Um, oh, yeah. W- w- no one wants Liverpool. Yeah, it went viral. Uh, yeah. It went viral. And, and that was it. So I think we were a bit unlucky getting that Porto team because you thought, they're going to want... I know you can argue, say, it's the, the, the weakest team... But like you just said, then you don't get there if if you if you're no. a bad team. Listen, I mean, maybe we did have a bit of a touch in that leg, but freaking hell, we deserved it after coming through the hardest group, and you know, and then we got the Giants, you know, by Munich straight out yeah. the group. So all right, we maybe we had a touch, you know, but it wasn't as easy as some people were making out. No, absolutely not. And obviously the first leg, you know, I, I don't think we had it all our own way to be honest. And and they had a couple of chances. I think the, who's the big guy up front? Yeah, I can't remember his name. I yeah, couldn't remember it last I time. But he looked an handful, didn't he? But he just couldn't he finish. Did. He had t- he had two good shots at goal, and I thought, oh, he's going to be a problem this fella in the away leg. But mm. as it was, we we done a number on them. And I think going back to the point about uh, the pundits doing doing a YouTube. What was that? Was his name? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the pundits doing a U-turn on the in the in the Bayern game. 
exactly the same situation has happened in the Barcelona. They're on a rebuild now, Barcelona. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Halfway through that leg, they were selling Barcelona flags outside Goodison Park, and they, they were at like the pinnacle of the club. Yeah. All of a sudden, they get rolled at Anfield. <laughs> And 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 it and, and they are the getting rid yeah. of after team. Suarez is yeah. getting sold now. Yeah, yeah. you know what <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Before that, before after you, we do Porto and go through. Who did you all want for the semis? Do you mean Barcelona or United? I want a Barcelona. I I remember saying specifically, there's no way I'd want us to come up against Man United. You know, in it because even though we're a well better team than them. The, the thought They're of going out <laughs> at that stage, you know, to, to, to Man U would be horrendous. Sometimes the stakes are too high, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I think as well, well yeah. that, uh, that, that turns in that with the Barcelona game, which we'll talk about now, the second leg. I think if if you need something like that, it becomes more of a, a Chelsea game, like that emotional kind of yeah, charge yeah. game rather than it does the special night, which Barca was. It's a different type of, yeah. you know what I mean? No, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, so personally, I did want Barcelona and. That what 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 was mad? We done the podcast after the first leg, and what was mad about that game? I watched that game and thought we were the better team, but we got B three 0 and it was like, how how's that work? How can you be the better it, team but get B three 0 I agree with you, but the, on the on the night, it was just they were absolutely ruthless in the chances that they had. I mean, that that Suarez get the Suarez first goal Suarez that was goal, pure yeah. movement and yeah, quality. Um, it was a ball from the blue. They done nothing in the game. I think we've had some decent chances. Manny had, had a decent chance. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just got to say yeah, brilliantly worked goal. How Liverpool come away from that game without an away goal? Yeah, it was, was just. And obviously, you know, salary in the post is one of them you can't really legislate the for. The Milner one, Terry, yeah. when it, got, it got pulled to the edge of the box, mm. and if you can yeah, put any yeah. Liverpool player in that situation. It's James Milner because, because he's safe. composed. Yeah, yeah. He scored that exact goal in in the league for Liverpool on a few occasions mm. where he's just got his head over the ball and he's just passed it into the corner of the net. And I fully expected him yeah, to score. Yeah, me too. And he just passed it to the goal. He's no, and, and that was the really frustrating thing because I, I, you know watching it, it was just like we're we're causing these all kinds of problems. And it, you know, and it was like going the new camp and literally being the better team. Is mm. it, it was it, you know I wasn't expecting out possession them didn't we, yeah. we did, it that doesn't happen every Clock time we attacked after them, the game fell apart that is our best away performance in Europe and I know exactly what he meant yeah I agree because I, looking at, at it as a Liverpool fan I walked away from that game thinking how proud I was of the team I f- I'll, I'll be honest I didn't have the belief you've got I, I thought we were out but I, I, can, I can remember trying to constantly explain how. How well we'd done, even though we'd won, we, uh, we'd we lost three Exactly, yeah. so it was and, a weird and, sort and of how we'd gone to the club like Barcelona at a ground like the new Camp and, and not only held our own, but we imposed ourselves on that game. We made we made them play the game we wanted to play. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people would expect you to be backs to the wall, clearing the Alamo, let's see if we can pinch anything. It was not like that, the game Absolutely at all. Absolutely not, no. And, uh, you know, that was dominant. the really frustrating thing for me. And uh, what I really, I, I think I pointed out on the podcast, I what really sort of, you know, done me head in was afterwards, like, I know Messi scored the worldy free kick and obviously he's, he's, he's had an impact on the game because he's got the two goals, but afterwards the sort of what was written in the papers was, oh, me, you know Messi just ran the show and I was thinking he never he nah. never no. <laughs> he never he didn't he run the show but he was the difference I really. think it was more of an of course I, I think more of the hype was to do with people maybe appreciating that Liverpool was a strong side and it was a tough game but 
on those nights there when you there when the real quality quality mm. players come to the fore yeah. and similar to Ronaldo uh, earlier on in the tournament for Madrid um, at. Juventus yeah. scoring a hat trick. Yeah, Messi the quality moments. Yeah, he, 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 he did. I, I, the big thing I was waiting for after that, I was so impressed with us. I was waiting for kind of one of these Optus stats on Twitter to tell us mm. when the last team had gone to Barca and won possession, more shots on target, more this, more that. Because again, it, that's not happened for years. I don't know the stat. I never ever found it out. But I don't think there will I be. I don't think there's a team in the last that's oh, 10 years yeah, or whatever that's went there and done time. that. Yeah. And in hindsight, only, only I wouldn't think like this if we hadn't went through. But I, I went to the, the new camp and it was um, such a special trip. But not, thankfully, I can say we went through, so mm-hmm. I can look at it back in fond memories. Even yeah. though we got beat 3-0, the few things I take away from that was one, like we've just said them, our best team performance. I thought we were unbelievable. I'm also <laughs> grateful I got to see that messy goal with my own eyes because it was yeah, one it was of the best goals I've ever I can say it now, yeah. <laughs> it was one of the best goals I've ever yeah, seen. But I was just so in, just so impressed with how we played, and it was such a. And again, I, I was confident. I thought, you know what? If we play like that at Anfield, we, yeah. we've we've we're gonna score a good few goals. I was in no I doubt we were gonna win the Anfield. Like I just, it was I just whether we could I keep them out. Well, yeah. yeah. What I liked about it was Judgy, obviously a big boy on on the podcast. He was trying to say after that game, the difference was there, boys. They had better finishes than you because Suarez and Messi don't miss them chances, whereas your boys do. Reverse the role, you know, the second leg. They missed their chances he and was, we were ruthless. He weren't thinking about Origi though, was he? He wasn't. <laughs> exactly. yeah, you never see him coming, do you? No. And that prolific goal scorer, Gini Wijnaldum as well. No, <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, it's an interesting sort of point now. So obviously we're 3-0 down in the first leg and you were saying you fully expected us to win the home game but never had any sort of sort of feeling that we'd go through. I just thought that in the not... I think if somebody says to me, you've got a one-off game, you're playing Barcelona and Anfield... I think there's a potential for us to win that game 4-0. I think the the other aspect is Barcelona know the 3-0 up already. Mm. So they can have a disaster of a night. They just need Nick to won. not capitulate. Yeah. Like they, they even tweeted it. Yeah. yeah. They, they even tweeted Official the picture yeah, saying Suarez, picture of Suarez saying... We only need to score one. Yeah, as if we're not yeah. going to score or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, why? why it, it makes me laugh, you know. Why do teams why do that to Liverpool? Do because yeah. so many of them do. This it, might be the end of it, though, Terry. You know, because four nil at Barca to Barca. We've we've broke them, though. Have you seen the whole yeah, league? They, just they absolutely fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's even harder about what we did there? The same thing that happened to them at a, I believe the same stage the year before. So. If that happens to you, you think, well, don't let that happen again. You know, yeah. you, you're going to be, maybe they were complacent against Roma. You're thinking, well, this year, we're not going to let that happen. So I think it's harder to do to them the second time around. Mm. It, makes, it makes the feet even more Me- Did impressive. you see Messi's, um, Messi done a speech at the end of last yeah. year, <laughs> apologising yeah. that, you know, yeah. we'll yeah. never let this happen again never and we're going to do everything to win the Champions League and that happens. And well, this is his first season as captain, Messi, isn't it? Yeah. Is that right? Xavi, is yeah, yeah, Xavi's yeah. retired. I saw I made a comment last week, season review, about it was a it was a prelude to the uh, Copa del Rey final, which they went on to lose. Mm. But uh, he was saying the season's been perfect for me first one as the captain, but for Liverpool, the uh, the they ruined it for me, and <laughs> I, I just took sheer joy in that. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was a proper weird one for me about that game though? Is that I remember I met up with a few of the lads in town uh, on Dale on Castle Street. Having a few beers, and at this point, you know, we could still potentially win the league. Yeah, obviously, Man City had just beat Leicester, so it was such, I thought, you know, Klopp calls the mentality monsters. I think mm. that game, 
you're seeing just how good these players are mentally because yeah. you know you're waking up Tuesday morning companies just won them the league would have won the strike that never happens you're thinking we've lost the league now and we've got to go to we've got to welcome Messi Suarez Coutinho and we've got to try and score four goals without and reply, without reply yeah. Yeah. and go, you know so God knows how they must be feeling because when I met up with the lads we're all sitting there and if anyone had told me in August you'd be sitting there in April or April, May, whenever it was, you're going to be going in d- down to the last game of the season in the league and you're going to be in a, a European Cup semi-final, second leg against Barcelona. I'd be thinking, I'd be swinging, I'd be out since yeah. three o'clock, never mind five. And, <laughs> and then there I was, sitting there almost depressed, thinking, and then as as we got taxis up to the ground, it was only when, even to be honest, even in the pub beforehand, closer to the ground, I still didn't feel this magical moment. Maybe you felt different, but I didn't feel like this is going to be but then seconds I got into the ground, I thought, nah, something's going to happen. Yeah. But we talked about that on the podcast because, you know, we, we, we made a big point of, like, us saying that we're never beaten. You know, like, the, there's no way that you can discount us. Obviously, we've done it against Dortmund and all that in the past. And, and, and you know, we had to we had to score three two, twice against Dortmund, didn't we, to, to, to get through that. But we made the point, I think, that, like, I know uh, they did welcome the coach and stuff, but I didn't see that from where no, I go. I but when we were walking the grounds, it was quite a subdued atmosphere, yeah. to be honest. Everyone was like going the game almost a bit like, you know, there's probably not a chance that we're getting through here sort of thing. But it was like once we got in the grounds, there was a fervent atmosphere, you know, like it was like almost defiance as if like, you know, that, we're, that we're Barca Liverpool. game was the best, the best for everything that I've ever been to for yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. It was the best atmosphere I've been to. It was the best result. It was the best performance. It was the best comeback. It was honestly everything about it was just my favourite. That Italian restaurant was the best <laughs> pizza. <laughs> honestly, you should have been there. I'm so happy you said that, there, mate. About all our mate made the different points because I think that's important. You know, everyone's got like Olympiacos and Dortmund and thing. And uh, uh, the reason I think this is the most special. Olympiacos had its drama, you yeah. know, we, we conceded, you know, then we needed to score. Same with Dortmund, we had to come back. This was the most polished performance, not only atmosphere, but we kept a clean sheet. You know, they had a few chances, not many. We absolutely dominated them. We done exactly what we needed to do. There was no really nervy moments. It was the best, most polished performance, professional profession, professional performance, but and then also you throw in the atmosphere yeah, and, and you throw in the man. fact that it's a semi-final. Yeah, the stakes, yeah. The, that was the... And you know, my favourite bit about that night, after the after the game, I walked into the cop bar and um, someone a bit older who was there for St Etienne said, just a stranger went, that was your St Etienne. And you know, I've had to, you know, I'm 30, I've grown up hearing all these stories yeah. about all these great nights and you'd always think, oh, you know, I hope get to... The, and then to have someone, you know, in tears going... That was your Saint Etienne. Yeah, I'm crying as well, and it's just like, oh yeah, my god, this is. Yeah. I, was yeah. I think when you look back at Liverpool's entire history, it, it's got to be the best night at Anfield ever, hasn't it? I know it's probably a big call, but I think the level. Is I, I think so. The achievements and and as you say, everything that you know that that goes with it. We we uh, in our generation, we've had good nights. You know the Chelsea ones and stuff yeah. like that, but the, just nothing for me gets close. I mean. Even Istanbul, you'll never forget it, but it, it's a different type. You know, that's that's a final. Adam feels yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Nothing not gets there for me. The, the other thing, uh, there's been a there's been a feeling from me for the first time ever as a Liverpool fan of, I mean, I've always willed them on and I've always supported them and, and believed in them, but we've reached a level with this team now that I've st- stood back as a fan and I've stopped criticising them and I've gone, if you do it, 
go and do it good on you. Yeah. I, I think these players in this side now they deserve to be in that final. And honestly, I was happy. And I was as happy for them as I was for myself as a mm. fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because I honestly think the season these these players have put in, they deserve to be in that final. They oh, deserve absolutely. to finish the season with with a trophy. And having watched the league slip away, um, the way it did inevitably. The, the fact that they've got that opportunity to go and put their name on the map um, in Europe, good on them. And, uh, I, and think, I, I, I think I we're all one, aren't we? And like you're saying there, like if they go and win it, good on them. But do you know if they slip up and we end this amazing season empty-handed, we'll rather than be like have a cob on with the team, we'll feel the pain with them. I won't agree. We? All yeah. as one. Yeah. yeah. We'll be like. Oh, We'll be gutted for them as much as for as us. And so how long has it been? Because I can't remember. You know, I think you made a great point then. How I don't hear anyone moaning about anyone. No. <laughs> you know, any fans always. You know, maybe had to go at players in the past. You know, it just doesn't happen. And I think the way you've got no one wanting to leave. You know, there's not this Suarez wants to go in the summer or Coutinho. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Everyone's tied down to big contracts. Everyone seems to be getting on with each other. You know, even if we, we, we draw or we get beat up, well, we have, we've hardly got beat this season, but no one's jumping on anyone's back saying, we need, he's crap him, he needs to... It's just been like, you know what, we've got a boss team here. I think when yeah. you see the, not not only not only the quality, but the effort that every, each and every player in the squad are putting in, and I think it feeds into a point you made earlier. I, I, I tried to lavish a little bit of praise on Van Dijk, but it comes from Klopp. Mm. Klopp has instilled that, and... And I don't think he just happens to fluke 20 of the soundest fellas in the world into the <laughs> same team. I, I think it, the bottom line is it he, he's leading that. And, and maybe maybe Sacco was the sacrificial lamb, but, but Klopp said, if I've got anyone on this side who isn't towing the line, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I think he set the tone, he set, he set yeah. the tone and, 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 he's, and he's enabled players to flourish and come into the squad and, and go, I want to be part of this, I want to buy into but this. You know what, I, I criticised the Saho move short term because I was like, I wasn't too keen with the matchup we had back in the, you know, and Northern. And I was thinking, we need, we're missing Saho, that, that was that was short-sighted. But, it wasn't, it Klopp was, was, it was playing the long game. I was short-sighted, yeah. no, exactly. No, no, you weren't, it's just, he w- we, he could see. Like, we said that earlier. You know, looking back, it's it's great in hindsight. But you've mm. got hindsight now. Yeah. At the time, I have felt the same as you. Yeah, I thought, well, I'm all for like get the gobby one out. But you know, at the same time, we haven't got great cover in defence. Maybe it's better. The same same thing happened with Klein when he let Klein go. You're thinking, oh, what's he doing there, letting Klein go? And it, it, it turned out fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, Mm. I just think it, it does all come back you, to Klopp, and it's you've you've you just I think it's the fans culture, now the players trust them. I, I think it's important here as well. I mean, Klopp setting the culture, but I think I think a little bit of credit's got to go to FSG because I yeah. think they suffered a lot of criticism as owners when they first came into Liverpool, and it was all of the you know everyone selling our best players and stuff. But well, it, it feels like Klopp and them are pulling in the right direction, and they're pulling together. Now, obviously, we didn't want to see Coutinho go, but in a way, Coutinho going has allowed him to go out and buy your likes of your Allison, you know, your Van Dijk, and well more and bolster that team. And uh, I think uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of credit, and uh, you know, they still don't get everything right, but I think there is a bit of a credit that has to go to them as owners and into for the structure that they put in place, you know, and and, and the sort of the the team that's around Klopp. I yeah. think is, is, for, is important. For me as a fan, FSG got a lot wrong when they come into yeah, the club. Yeah, very naive when they first took over as owners, I think. And I think them them as, as much as anyone have learned that actually 
what they've taken over isn't just a commodity. It's a family and yeah. it's a it's a club with, you know, a, a rich history and and a, and and supporters who are absolutely do anything for this club. And I think they've realised that they can have the best of both worlds yeah. as long as they invest on the pitch. That will bring with it success, which in in turn will bring in commercial all of these side. commercial and financial gains. Yeah. That well, it's, it's good that they have realised that though, and and they have. They've sort of accepted that they did make some mistakes and they've learned from it and, and they've put it right, haven't they? So I, I don't think they've done nothing wrong since Klopp. No. You know, the last I agree. three, four years, I don't think they've done anything wrong. No, I, th- I think there's a, there was an element, wasn't there, when they first came in? Like, I think they maybe they didn't know enough about football and they trusted maybe the wrong sort of advisors or whatever, mm. you know, and I think uh, they've learned, they've been burnt, they've made mistakes, you know, with the Camoli sort of stuff and obviously I think Rodgers was given the job a bit too early in his career and stuff like that, but I think they've now sort of, when they got the clock on right, everything went right, everything clicked because he, he fits the club, he fits the, fits the ethos, he fits the politics, he fits the fan sort of, you know, personality, and he's also on board with the way that they operate the club as owners, you know, like, and he was used to that with Dortmund a mm. bit, with like a sort of, you know, a technical team above him and things like that, and like a, a scouting department that was sort of built on a little bit more analytical and things. So it just feels now that for the first time, that, that you know, that, and we were talking about it before, Istanbul and Athens, and now we didn't kick on, but it feels really now that going into this final, the club's in the right place, doesn't it? The foundations are solid, and again, yeah. coming back to the, I know it's a football team, and at, at the end of the day, you know the goal is to put trophies in the cabinet, but it comes back to those people skills and what Klopp's got, and I think that the two points they they're going to make there on Coutinho, which he's got him out. Coutinho didn't want to be there. Do you know what I mean? It's yep. the best thing to do. How good he is, he doesn't want to be there. Let him go. Yep. I've also heard the rumor that he doesn't like the um, one one of the reasons we 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 went in for that delete. Uh, you know the Ajax oh centre yeah, back no yeah. was because of his agents, and he's got the same agents as Pogba and all of them. And you know, oh real, that, 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 yeah, that money grabbing agents yeah. who's putting them all. So Klopp's looking at that, thinking, is he the type of player I want to bring in? Who's don't get me wrong, he looks like a fantastic player, but I think Klopp looks more at the attitude of people. Mm. You know, when I had um, we had Jamie Webster on on my podcast, and Jamie Webster said when he went on the preseason tour with them, Klopp spent five minutes with everyone on that flight. He said he's he's saying to like you know the literally everyone in the team you know oh, all right John how's the grandkids you know where yeah. do you go for the summer yeah. he said he must have spent about an hour two hours giving everyone all the staff five minutes of his time and I think that's just gone right through the club then yeah and I know you might think what's that got to do with winning winning trophies but it it has a massive impact on on the whole club it galvanizes yeah. everyone doesn't it well everyone feels part of it it isn't just the playing squad is it it's it's you know it's everything around it all the ancillary staff and everything that goes with them the support staff and if everyone's on board and everyone's pulling the same direction and everyone feels part of it it's just a much more just a happier atmosphere you saw the, this the end of season statement from henderson mm, uh, yeah it was in the, in the program notes it was brilliant i've never it? seen that, that w- yeah. he, the way he was going on about all the staff behind the scenes and yeah. how everyone's a family and i thought these are all the right messages you want coming out of the club. Albeit, look, we're being, we're having success on the pitch, and, and ultimately, football's fickle. And, and probably, if we if we were having a down season, we wouldn't care about how sound everyone is in the training ground. But the bottom line is, it, it feels like it, it's it's not it's not by any coincidence. It, it's it's definitely t- tying into the success on the field and it's tying into the atmosphere coming from the players and from the club. Yeah. And, and, and long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, 
obviously we haven't even talked about the final yet, so I think <laughs> that's the logical place to go, and long may it continue, and hopefully it continues on the back of a, a obviously you know a European Cup final win. So, I mean, if we if we, if we get on to, I think it's probably worth a little sort of a, a jovial moment. How's everyone getting there? <laughs> Go on, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> because there's there's going to be some trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah, mine's yeah. relatively simple. Yes, I fly to Barcelona on Thursday, um, keeping in the mate's house Thursday night, and then we're getting a hire car Friday, driving the five six hours to Madrid, and then staying in another mate's house for two nights, and then driving back the Sunday or the Monday, and then fly back home Tuesday from Barcelona. Into the pool, yeah. Oh, so sad. relatively simple, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn simple compared to some of what <laughs> you're renting a hire car, aren't you, Terry? Not a hire car. <laughs> so my route's quite interesting, actually. So I'll, I'll get mine out there. So hadn't you better leave, Terry? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as bad as Phil. You there for about nine days or something. <laughs> um, like John Candy and Steve Martin, yours, isn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, no, so we we go from Doncaster, us, which I didn't even know there was an airport in Doncaster. To be honest with you, um, military base, wasn't it? it, came, it was an, I think so. It was a military airport that got converted. Yeah, but we fly from there to Bucharest on the Thursday night. <laughs> oh my God. So we're going the opposite way from Madrid. Just con air, you're on. Paul, Cyrus the virus on, the, on my flight. Um, <laughs> so we fly to Bucharest. And then we're in Bucharest Airport for an hour or two, and then we basically fly from there to Madrid. So we get into Madrid on the Friday morning. But we've actually, you know, hotel rooms were like a thousand quid a night, which is scandalous, isn't it? The way that the hotel yeah. sort of ripped the fans off. But so we had nowhere to stay, we couldn't get anywhere. Um, so we've hired, we ended up hiring a camper van, which I managed to hire. And this this fella's give me his camper van. It's an absolute belter, though, to be honest. It's Proper big modern four swanky bedroom, one. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, four bed, not four bedroom, like <laughs> <laughs> semi on wheels. One bedroom, <laughs> semi detached to the garden and the driveway on wheels. Yeah. Four fellas. But uh, but yeah, so we've got a camper van there for like for the, the two nights, and then on the Sunday we've got a flight to Marrakesh to fly back to Manchester. Oh my god! <laughs> so I've got a few stamps going on my pazzy. Like. I think but, saying uh, that camper van's the lads' bog for the whole weekend. Oh, right? I <laughs> <laughs> is, oh. the, is there a shower on the camper? There's van? a shower in it. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to be careful. Flops, serious that. Note, though, you've got to be careful where you park that. You know. Oh, it's going in a Tesco uh, car park or whatever. We, we were looking at doing that, and there's all regulations. You can't park them certain places, so I'd look into that. All right. Yeah, well, we'll <laughs> see about that. You know, it's, getting, it's getting parked right outside the fan park. See, see you on, <laughs> on the front page of, of the national paper. It'll be in a fountain. Some, some fella's <laughs> camper van's getting brushed up at, after just, the end of the night. Just put four banners on it on each side and just drive into the fan park. <laughs> Terry Shelby Drew doesn't stop there. He, he enters a second continent on the way home, don't you? Well, Marrakesh, yeah. Got to, got to go into North Africa to fly on to Manchester. <laughs> Told crazy, you that. Doing me a little tour, aren't I? But uh, go ahead, Phil. Give us your one. Your one's up the wall That's as well. Not too bad, mine. You know, mine's nice. Cool. Um, I leave tomorrow at 7 o'clock and I go to Dublin. Hour and a half in Dublin and a flight to South End. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> mine's not too bad. So, so I mean, so I leave with two flights and you haven't even left the country. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, he, he's going out and then back in. <laughs> <laughs> the yo yo. Three hours later, I leave Liverpool. Three hours out. later, I'm in Southend. I've got six and a half. Why don't you just get the train to Southend? Six hours. Six hours. Six and a half hours in Southend. Then a flight to Bilbao. With a load of Spurs fans. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, then a flight to Bilbao on Thursday morning, half six. I've got two days on the beach in Bilbao, just just chilling out on my own. Then I'll get the train into Madrid on the day, which is three hours. You did yeah. say on the beach then, didn't you, Phil? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, I'll get on it with the lads on Saturday then, and then when we win, I'll, I'll be out all night. I haven't even booked accommodation for the Saturday night. My kick's heavy. Don't come near my camp. Yeah, you better put loads of aftershave on Phil Gay yourself out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or you're sleeping on the beach. Then Sunday, back to Bilbao for another two days, and then I fly into Gatwick, and I don't even know I'm, I'm getting home from Gatwick. Jeez. Probably, that's, probably that's fight, flight to Marrakesh from Gatwick. <laughs> Gary's got the worst trip, haven't you? No, that, that line, sorry, that, that line is the best line I've heard on the podcast already. You've got two flights and you're not even left the country. <laughs> Mine's just the longest, isn't it? I've, I've got to go. Oh my God. I've got to get on a coach prior to the longest on, and the grimmest on, on Thursday, and then it's just a coach journey down to uh, Dover, across to Calais, then up to up to North North Spain and Vittoria, I think. Hang on, that's eight butties so far. Let me keep <laughs> counting. Hey, that's forty <laughs> minutes from Bilbao. Can pop, get a little quick train to come and Did I me. say North Spain? I meant to um, somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so stay the night there. I think we, we've got a, got a little B&B for like 30 quid and then get get back on the coach the next morning down to Madrid, three hours. And then spend the spend the afternoon and, and in physio and night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Madrid. Hopefully get the game in there and then, um, yeah, back on the coach. I think it's half two, three o'clock in the morning, back on the coach and so head all the way home. So have they sold it as one of them like air <coughs> conditioned luxury coach and all that? And you no. know it's gonna turn up like some proper no. chariot no, last owner due to Ben. To be fair, they haven't oversold it at all. They've just said what it is and but it was cheap, so that was the only way I could get there. It's I hope you're sitting proper. next to the bug. I was just gonna say <laughs> I'd be two and a half hours early for that coach. No, it doesn't sure matter. I was as far away the, from the, the email says you've got a seat allocated and it doesn't change if you're first or last. It says strictly no way. Uh, no ale as well, your e- that email, doesn't it? Yeah. Just the any spare seats on that bus. <laughs> you know, um, on, on a season, though, last year after Kiev, one of the lads got a coach to Kiev, and, you know, you, you'd had the day after being gutted about, you know, we've not won, and the day after you were gutted as well, but then you start just getting on at life, and, you know, you try and have a break from footy. About a week later on the WhatsApp, he was still there on the coach. <laughs> and it, it was actually, coach it was actually entertaining. Yeah. From Liverpool? Yeah. Jeez. And it was entertaining just to see this little road trip going on, do you know what I mean? It was, it was, bri- it was brilliant. Go on, Mark. Are we getting God, there? I feel like I need to add some stints on my journey. Yeah, this yeah. is an easy one. <laughs> so I wake up at about three o'clock in the morning, meander down to Liverpool Airport on the morning of the game. Oh, very nice. You're in and out, are you? Yeah, to climb onto an airplane, get dropped off in Madrid, go to match. And then hopefully nah, I'll be home for five o'clock in the morning the following day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you just want to know what the parade was like, I'll let you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of you is in No, no, no. Oh well, I mean, obviously, you know, as Liverpool fans, it's, it's what you see, isn't it? For finals, you get there by hook or by crook, by yeah. any means necessary. We certainly wouldn't have been sending three thousand tickets home from Azerbaijan. Absolutely, we'd have not. been there. We'd have been there somehow. Yeah, I think I, Phil's I, going there, and yeah. he's <laughs> the via Baku. Yeah, that's a great shout. That you, you just wouldn't have, uh, as stupid as it is having the final there. That's something that wouldn't have happened, would it? No. It no. just probably took theirs as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you'd just get there, wouldn't you? There'd, there'd be all kinds of capers going on, people getting there. I, d- I don't know how you would, but... Hiring submarines in there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> all kinds of capers. Isn't it landlocked? <laughs> I meant to um, Israel. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, you know, that's how we're all getting there. But moving on to the final, I mean... It's gonna it, it's gonna be an interesting one. Obviously, all English final. I, I'll be honest. When when it happened and they got in, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit gutted. I mean, from from Same a yet. from a fan I perspective. Ajax. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know whether it's it sounds like a, a sort of an, an, a negative thing to say, but I could almost 
accept no, I couldn't accept it, but I could almost deal with going out to a European side. I, I don't know whether I could deal going out to another English side or, or getting beat in the final to another I English side. I just don't think Tottenham has a ring to it as listing the teams we beat in the European Cup well, final. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a European Cup final, does it? Yeah, it's, it, it's a weird one. It's just a, a really odd one. I, I, I don't know. What was everyone else's thoughts when, when, when Machine Mathieu got through? I think Liverpool Ajax just sounded a much sexier final, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also think football in terms of you forget football in terms just on that fact I think people are just more scared and, and the possibility of getting beat by an well, English that's it. team you know, I don't want to be like negative because I, I absolutely think we're going to win the game but another English team is just grim isn't it it's mm. just a grim proposition like sort of playing yeah because it's not like you get to you get to do them again the following season you're not going to meet Spurs in the Champions League final again are you can you imagine your Everton listeners listening to you complain about who you're <laughs> playing in the Champions League final I can, I can honestly on, say I don't I expect them to be other, other than Judgy Millsy and Craig there won't be any Evertonians listening to this they might listen you never know they love watching us don't they so <laughs> but um, but no I mean it, 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 it's an interesting one and we obviously we beat them twice this season home and away um, both by the same scoreline actually um, but how do we think the game's going to pan out well, in the final, mm. I think it's... In, in the final, but I don't mean next season or something, mate. <laughs> of in the final. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but reviewing the first games, like... I, obviously, what was the gap? 24 points, 26 points, something like that between us. But um, if you think about the, the ties when we actually played them, the second one, the one we played, I think was it? At home. At yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a close game, wasn't it? So they'll be taking hope from that. One of my... One of my my me, me good mates support Spurs as well, and they're all taking hope from. They think that we're deflated from the way the season ended, you know, with the, oh. the 97 points and that. And and should have been in the Olympia that after <laughs> the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I was said that. Well, I said, we, yeah. I said that too. We, in we, the we were bouncing and all that. He thinks Liverpool deflated after, but that's what the Spurs fans think. Momentum's with them. Yeah. I do agree to a point in the sense that I don't think this long of a break has helped us. No. I think it's probably favours them that they've had a longer break because yeah. they, they weren't in form, was they? No, I tell you what though with the break, they've stayed in England, haven't they? Now it's supposed to be 32 degrees on the day in Madrid. I think 27 by the time kickoff comes. We've been spent. How long have we been in Marbella? Two weeks. Oh, a no, week. About a week. A week. Mm. They've been in England, so I think for once, because when we went to Marbella early on for Christmas and all, we come back and it was freaking snowing. It was snowing. And the it was like game, yeah. it was almost like a shock to the system for them and it backfired. But I think this time we've not. I went on um, Redmen TV and they done. They looked into it all, and every time Klopp comes back from a break, a, 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 a mid-season one, our form dipped. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it did again this season. Yeah, yeah it, it is, and we 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 said it, didn't we, on the podcast? It was like both times that we've had big long gaps, you know, where we weren't involved in like domestic cups and stuff. It, it just hurt us. It just do, do we know if they managed to sort of friendly out? Cause I don't know. They, know. Were, they, they were trying, trying a sort of friendly yeah. to, to try and keep match fitness up, but yeah, behind closed doors. Yeah. I can't Every, everyone had finished now, the season. What's that? I can't imagine they will have. They won't do what now, surely. No, no it was, no, it was no. when they were in Marbella. Oh, right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They wanted Firmino. It was mainly like, well, for everyone, like, but they wanted to get minutes into like so Firmino and mm. that. And all these asked loads of Dutch teams, a few Spanish teams, and that. But they were all on the holidays. The thing is, everyone's on holidays, and then there's a couple of other sort of cup finals still going on and things, isn't there? You know, like domestic cup finals and things like that. So they obviously don't want to risk players. You know, sort of getting. So I don't know to be honest is is the answer to that one. I don't know that we they did manage mm. to sort anything, but I mean just 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 looking at the you know the lineup, it's I, I, I almost feel like our lineup picks itself. But I mean, what midfield would you? Well, it, I think it's the area, I think it's it? you can pick the ten, can't you? It's just one one midfield option, whether it's Milner or Anderson. I, I think you'll go with Anderson. You say that, no, but I don't, why not? I don't agree. I don't. Agree. I don't. 
No, I, I think that I think it's it's Genie Wijnaldum's position that's up for dispute. Yeah. I think he's going with Anderson. He trusts as captain. I think he's gonna. I think it's a tough one personally. I go with with um, Wijnaldum, and, and I absolutely love James Milner, but f- I've got a sneaky feeling he might bench Wijnaldum. You know, mm. I d- I, I've got a sneaky feeling he, he he's you know he's gone with Wijnaldum and 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 um, Anderson in in Europe. Often he, it's tried and tested. I think Fabinho's an absolute. Must I was going to say we're not we not having any way for being always not starting. No, but I think he's definitely playing. For that me, game, the toss ups Milner when I don't know what you like to think. I I don't even think it's a toss up. I think Milner's such a great player to come on to calm the game down to you know put that experience in, but. I think all day it's Fabinho, Henderson, and um, Wijnaldum. Yeah. I so agree. Henderson is the more advanced of the three. Like Wy- yeah, Wijnaldum yeah. is the number yeah. six alongside Fabinho, and then Henderson is yeah. the more advanced. I think you know Wijnaldum will do the thing where he's kind of you know Fabinho sitting back and Wijnaldum a little bit ahead of Fabinho and Henderson just doing uh, bombing on. But but yeah, I think not only do I think do those three deserve to start. I think Milner's such a great addition to bring on. Yeah. So you know, not only does what, he, he whatever way the game's yeah, going, exactly on. whatever way. If you yeah. win him yeah. and you need to just you know can or whether or needs to galvanise them and go and keep going, he's, he's the man sense. you bring on. It's a weird one because I know Henderson is is the captain and, and he, he has been you know excellent in that more advanced midfield position. But I look at it, he's a great one to bring on as well because he's a bag of energy when he comes on and he, he almost come when he does get brought on he comes on with like. Almost an anger, doesn't he? Like a, a, yeah. a point to prove. He'll, he'll play Anderson, Terry. I think. I, I think he will. You know. I think he will. But I mean, I, 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 it, it, I don't know. Like, it, if if I was picking that, I think I'd go Fabinho, Wijnaldum as the sort of two holders. Fabinho with the deep uh, being the deeper of the two, and then Henderson in front of that. But I, I, it's I, horrible leaving Milner out. But he's got he's got a part to play in that game. And I tell you what, if it's getting anywhere near penalties. He's 100% coming on. 100% coming on. He's getting at least 20 minutes. He's the first sub, isn't he? He's the first guy on the pitch. That that was my only bone of contention for the starting lineup. I think Klopp trusts and and loves Milner so much that um, would he he go as far as to start him in the game for for Van Alden? But I think... Van Alden's he's earned his no, no, this season. He's earned his spot on that. Van Alden got dropped for Barcelona. It went in a in a, in a very must win game. You know we were three 0 down. That, that was Klopp yeah, basically saying, "Pick your best team." Two. But we had nobody. Did his, he, his did initial decision was, "I don't want to play Van Alden." Van Alden and it got the best out of Van Alden as well. No, I don't. Think, I don't. I don't think you can ask for that again. Though that no, same you reaction, can't, you can't I can't use that logic. But it gives you an insight into Klopp's mindset. What about when? I was just going to say, you know. When the chips were down and Klopp had to make a decision, Wijnaldum got benched. It yeah. could have been based on the fixtures still going on because we yeah, were still I, I in the league, that. weren't we? Mm. Yeah. You know, and I, may, I, can't ima- I, c- I can't say I, I, I can remember, but maybe Wijnaldum played 19 minutes. Yeah, I think before. they were tired as well then, you know what I mean? I think there was a, I think that was more of a rotation, I think, than... Yeah. Uh, who's fifth and I also think you just can't be skimmed over it you don't think Gomez gets in and no no I, d- I don't Too think late. he's got enough minutes in his yeah, legs I, to be I honest I got asked that on you know we do the City talk on a Thursday and I, I was on it last week and the, the, he was asking me about Gomez whether, whether I think he should start because of how well he started the season and now he's back from injury <coughs> I just came back with what's Matt have done wrong absolutely, mm. absolutely. he's done nothing wrong he, yeah he, I think it'd be I criminal to, to take Matip out. Yeah, of that I agree. Team I mean, and we, we, we both said probably he's our most improved player this year, Matip. Yeah. You know, like th- there was seasons, uh, a couple of seasons ago, and when we first had him, where I thought he, he's just not going to make the like grade at Liverpool, but he's been absolutely unbelievable <laughs> since he's came in. He's done nothing wrong. 
and I, I agree with it. It would be criminal to take him out of that team, I think. And especially since Gomez, I mean, he's, he's probably only got maybe, I don't know, total of about 180 minutes or something under his, Listen, under his belt. A, a centre-half partnerships so. about understanding each other and consistency. It's very important in that position on the pitch, more so than any other position on the pitch. Matip uh, and Van Dijk have got that understanding. They've with got each a rhythm now. going, haven't they? They've got mm, a rhythm, yeah. and if there's anywhere on the pitch you don't break that, it's centre-half. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not just a centre-half either, though. It's Matip with Trent and, and yeah, Van Dijk yeah. with Robertson as well. Yeah. They're all, they've all got this this momentum going with them at the moment, and to, yeah, to break that up would just be ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the question comes because Gomez was absolutely phenomenal at the begin, beginning of the season. He surprised everyone. He, he was... You know, he was 9.5 out of 10 in, in many Most games. Most games, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's where the question, that's why, where it has some validity, doesn't it? But You know that, though, as well, and this is not knocking either Gomez or Matip or even Lovren when he's coming. I, I think know. a lot of us are at least a seven when we play yeah, alongside. I know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, drags players, he drags players up. Just everyone who plays alongside him just looks a different calibre, don't they? But yeah. Do no. you have um, Arigi back in, or no? If, Bob, if, if Bobby's not hundred percent, no. This I'd is a good question. No, Bobby hasn't played for a long time. Yeah, but I'd, I'd still start. I'm, for ne- me, you know. I'm never Would of you? the opinion. Yeah, I'd start if he's fit, but he's just not necessarily sharp. I'd start him because I think just what he brings, and even if he, you know they don't know how sharp he is, do they? Like I'd, I'd just put him on the pitch and let him just do stuff and. If it isn't working, then change it. But try and put your best side out from the first whistle is the way I look at it. If he's fit enough to be on the bench, he's fit enough to play in that yeah, game. Arigi, Arigi's proved himself a valid um, substitute late yeah. on in games. And and I think Bobby's one of them players where he, he, he relies so much on, on his own rhythm. And, and because he interlinks with everyone around him, I think... A lot of the time, after 15, 20 minutes, you can see whether you know, he's at it exactly, or not. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes he's the best player on the pitch. Sometimes you just think you might as well take him off now. Yeah. I think I don't. I'm not suggesting for the second Klopp will hook him in the first half, but if he's on it, you'll get minutes. He'll you'll probably leave him on to 80 minutes. If he isn't, I think probably on 60 minutes you'll see Origi coming on. And yeah. do you know what? I'm not too worried about that. I think you know Origi's forced himself into that position where he's our next best, and he's and he's proved he's got a goal in him. So. If mm-hmm. it's his night, good luck to him. And when you put Marnie in that nine as well, like, he's pretty frightening up there. Do you reckon that's what he'd do, put Marnie in the nine? Yeah, if, I don't see him yeah. up top. Well, no, but do you see possibly Salah in the nine and Marnie on the right? Because no, don't I, forget, I, he played there I for us on the right. Yeah, the I, th- nine, I think the way, the way they both performed as the nine, I just think Marnie get the nod It's more. gone that I, way, I think it might it, be, as the season's yeah, gone. But I think it might be more a case of see what's going on in the game. You know, mm. if Salah's absolutely got their left back in his pocket and Marnie's struggling a bit, then Marnie will go up top. Where if it's the other way around, you'll probably see Salah go up top and, and, and Marnie stay out wide mm. if, if he's got their right back in the pocket. So I think it might be a case of Right now, you'd probably say Mane will go up top, but depends on how the game goes, it could go Salah's the other going to have Danny Rose all day. Yeah, easy. I think they're, they are, though, whether we're winning or, or losing, I think they are the two subs that happen. I think yeah. Milner 100% comes on um, for Wijnaldum, and I think Origi 100% comes on for Bobby, Yeah, whether we're winning or losing. You asked the question there, though, Andy, about, about Firmino. Any, have you got any inkling that you think he might not be fit enough and you'd maybe start with Origi for, for fitness or...? Are you winning? You know what? The after, after the Barcelona game, I wouldn't be as bothered. Yeah. If he if he did start Origi. Yeah. You know, if you'd asked me maybe three four months ago, I would have thought, oh, you know, but yeah. I think he's proved himself. You, you look yeah. at Newcastle. You look at Barcelona. He's got some limitations, Origi, and I like it when he gets the ball on the wing and you know and, and he wins you the corner and he runs. Yeah, he <laughs> runs with it, and then you know, 
gets gets in the box when he can. But what I don't like seeing Origi doing is get like interplaying and around the eighteen yard box. I don't think he's that he's that level, mm. that type of ability of football. But if he sticks to what he's good at and he doesn't try and do stuff he can't do, then I think he's you know he's a yeah, good player. And I think that's why I was saying it when he comes on, he'll go out wide yeah. as opposed to up mm. top because yeah. that's where the, that's where you know his ability is. I don't like him back to goal. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> I mean, obviously, we're looking at that from our perspective and what team we put out. I mean, what about the spare side? Because Harry Kane coming back and declaring himself fit, I think, is an interesting one. I mean, yeah. from f- you know, from my p- my perspective, I think I prefer to play a team including Kane, mad as that sounds. Same. But I'd be interested 100%. to see what everyone else's opinion me, is. Yeah. I, I agree with that on the basis of it, it takes a while to get going. Mm. You know, you look. He doesn't. He's never scored in August. I think he did for the first time. But he's yeah. he's renowned to yeah. to not start kicking on until September. I I think not not just for that basis. I, I just don't think Spurs are as good a team when mm. he's playing. I think mm. when, I think they've seen when when Son's been the leading the line and they've had like the Mora. Lucas Mora and and Ericsson and Ali behind them. They've looked so much better as as a team of players. I know mm. Kane as as a single player is probably their best player, but. Again, as a team, that, I just think they're so much better. I agree. I, I think Tottenham suffer to an extent with Kane, albeit he's the match winner. But when he isn't the match winner, he's upsetting the balance. I look at him as a conventional striker, albeit a top, top draw one. And I think Liverpool are all right against conventional strikers. Yeah, I mean, that that's the point. I, I was on City Talk with Matt Jones and, and it got brought up and... He was saying, "Are you sure you want you, you prefer Kane, lead, you know, playing against him in a, in a final? He scores so many goals." And I was like, "Yeah," because mm. I said, "Same as what you're saying. He's a very, very visible, you know, upright. You know where he is at all times on the pitch, sort of striker. Yeah. Not at all times. You don't. Right. You lose your instinct in the back right. of the net. I, I know what you're saying, but you know, yeah, I, 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 I love yeah. a Van Dyke and that, and think he, if you you're putting Harry Kane up against like a Van Dyke, I, I, I'm almost positive that." Van Zijk knows where he is at all times uh, on that the, pitch. The counter argument is the, that he's the, the, well. Just let me let me sort of finish that point. Is when when you start putting the likes of what, like what Gary said, and you've got Son, and you've got Mora, and you've got yeah. Ericsson and Ali. I feel like it's like a multi-faceted problem because they're all tricky sort of technical players. Like you can I was about to say that the exact point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's a much more difficult problem to plan for and prepare for well, than, than someone everything's coming through Firmino one player. out, and you've got Sturridge just as your centre forward. It's a lot easier same, to handle. Yeah, it's mm, the yeah. same sort of. Do you know, though, I think what, like what what a lot of people have been saying going into the final is it's Kane or Son or it's Kane and Son, but Lucas Moura goes on the bench. No, I, yeah, but, yeah. You know, we've seen Tottenham against us. They play two totally different formations: three five two one. He switched it because yeah. they were getting dominated. But what I think the key problems. thing is here, though, Harry Winks isn't fit. So what you could see, he is, isn't he? He's going to play a part, but he's not going to be able to start. But that, well, I. I, I, I I, I, I read that today. There's a lad in my work who's a Spurs fan, and he said he's almost forget about the Kane argument. Harry Harry Winks being available and playing is so. No, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is that if Winks doesn't play, they might go three up top. They might go, they, they might, won't risk they won't meet. They the might go they, they might go in midfield. The Ericsson, Ali, and play all three of them up up top. So I can't see it. I can't see. I can't see them doing we that. I'd love to see Ali Eriksson and a another in the midfield. Who, who else would be in that midfield? Sissoko. Isn't he injured? Sissoko. You've got Dyer. Well, Sissoko has had a knock, and then you've got Dyer. So this is what I mean. The struggle in the midfield. So they might Sad. go four three three. I'd love to play that midfield. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dyer, Ali, and Eriksson. Sound. I'd, I'd, I'd play against that midfield. Yeah. I think our midfield would do all kinds against that. Yeah. Um, and I can't see them going three up top in a final. 
I think certainly not against us. Not against us. I think it's a you know that'd be madness on their part. I tell um, you what, I'd have a lot of respect for Pochettino if he didn't start Kane. If he just benched him and went and went Son uh, Mora because I think another aspect of the Kane uh, argument is he gets the ball and he shoots. Wherever yeah. he is, he's got this God-given right. I'll shoot from wherever I get the ball, and I'll take that from Kane. Mm. You know, and and to me, Liverpool. You don't hate Liverpool with two passes and a goal. You hate Liverpool by playing tricky, fast, precise passing football, and maybe with a break in the box. Yeah, Liverpool know how to defend, and 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 to me, Harry Kane, let him shoot from thirty-five yards if he wants to. It's gonna have to be an absolute wonder strike if he's gonna score past us from there. Yeah. Counter argument for Kane is he's a man for the moment, isn't he? He's a big game player, and when it comes to him, and he's got that half a chance, which teams get, especially in finals, and that he's the man who will put it in the back of the net, even if Spurs are crap for ninety minutes. Well, I think so it's been Spurs haven't played many big games, have they? Spurs haven't played many. Speaking of man for the moment, look at the semi-final, Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura's the man for the moment for them. Yeah. He's, you know, he's 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 drop, he's drop me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know maybe this is looking at it through rose tinted glasses, but. Throughout watching Liverpool in my lifetime, we've always um, there's always been drama, you know the, yeah. you know I remember the the, the 2001 treble season, you know we won Arsenal it was two one yeah. two Alves. last minute Golden goals, goal. Alves one, yeah. uh, going through the, the Gerrard final against West Ham, yeah, or <laughs> even the final like of Birmingham that was that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to jinx this, but I I genuinely just because of the quality of what we've got. I think this will be one of the first finals where yeah. it's three or four nil. Honestly, mate, I, I genuinely I just think, you know, we mentioned that to start about looking at last year's if we've got Allison in goal, that's a completely different game last year. Yeah. I think we've got a lot of big game players. You spoke before about Moore and, and, and Harry Kane. All of those players in our team, they're all big game players. Now they've proven that throughout the Champions League run, which we've discussed. Yeah. And last year they've all got experience. You got two fullbacks have played unbelievable all season. Probably two be- best fullbacks in Europe. Yeah, I think it's got the potential. T- t- it, it could be t- two or three nil by half time. I think yeah. with with Sadio Mane and the form he's in and the quality he's showing, I just don't think that he's not going to score. Honestly, I, yeah. I look at our team now and it's amazing to say after the season Salah mm-hmm. last season. And 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 all right, he hasn't he hasn't reached the heights of last season, but he's still absolutely top draw. But if you look at the last fifteen twenty games, Sadio Mane is an absolute beast. And and the who'd monster. have thought someone of his size had turned into the best editor of a ball? Yeah, no, I've been <laughs> saying that. Yeah. He's, he's an absolute. Beast. I, I agree with that. And at the same time, I can't see Salah not scoring. No, because last year I just think the way the way the way his season ended last yeah. year with that in the final. He's just gonna be absolutely gunning for that game. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the one thing that I don't want to see from Salah almost is trying too hard to make amends for last year. Yeah. yeah, and sort of, you know, and, and and not taking the right options and and hitting we've shots. Seen and elements things. of it, and there we've excused been, it. Seen elements of it, and you can get away with it. You know, when when it goes right, but because last year was such a disappointment for him, I don't want him to feel like he's got to go and prove a point on the world stage. I don't think he will. I, I don't no, think I don't he's like that. that. I don't think he's that type of player. I, I think when not. we've, I think when we've seen them, them sort of selfish moments. I think I point, pointed it out towards the end of the season. It tends to be when the game's won, mm. and he, and he's then thinking, "I'm going for the golden boot here. I want to get some goals." You see it in the in the last game, uh, but not the last game, the, the Huddersfield game. I think it was. Yeah, and Mane scored, and and, and he yeah. was like, 
he needs to get a couple himself. He ends up ends up doing doing the same thing. Yeah. But I just don't think in the final you're not going to get that from him. He, he'll pass the ball when he needs to be when he needs to pass it. If he gets a chance to shoot, he'll shoot. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's just it's just a point that. I don't want to see it. So, uh, you know, because yeah. it, it, as you say, there has been elements. But well, maybe based it, on what I've just said, I do want to see it. Cause that means the game will be won. Well, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair, fair point. point. Yeah. I, you fair know, point. you just look through that team, though, and you, it's, it's hard not to be confident. Every position, you look at that team and you go, best goalie in the world, best defender in the world, two best fullbacks, a midfield, that's dynamic, has proven themselves against the best midfielders around Europe. Yeah. And the front three. It's, uh, I, I'm sorry, but it's hard for me not to yeah, be confident yeah, about two, three, the, four, nil. It's just the players. I, I feel the same, and, and I mean, I, being honest, I, I've said this week I feel like we might win a three nil. Like such is the confidence I've got on the side, but I don't know something. I, I still haven't shaken off the, those the terrors of of like Liverpool from over the years and 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 the times where it's it's felt like it's going to be nailed on and it's just been taken away from us, but. I don't know. I, I, for this match, I've got as much confidence going into this final as I, I ever have in any final that I've ever been to, just because I trust the team and I trust that they won't go into a complacent. The mm-hmm. players won't. Whether the fans do or not, the, the players won't. I, my only sort of worry for it, I, I, I am re- quite confident as we, as we all seem to be talking about it, but my only worry is I just don't, I just don't want this to be their Istanbul. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're, mm. they're not they're not really a team that, that is in and around Europe. Mm. They're not they not get into finals every other year the, the way the way we tend to do. And I just think for for them to be it, it's such a big moment in their history and, and yeah. Istanbul is such a big moment for us to, to try and get back on the stage. Should be aware of that. Yeah. The, mm. the impact that can have on, on a team and what, what heights they can raise you I, to I hope so. what Mark w- was talking about earlier on and, and sort of the occasion getting to them. I, I hope that happens and and, it, and it's visible early on and, and we take advantage of it. I, I just I hope they, they get there and the and the music starts and they see three sides of the stadium's red and, and they just Listen, I don't really bottling. believe in superstition, but I'm, I'm reluctant to say it. But I, Spurs have always seemed to be like serial bottle, bottles to me. They just, you know, like I, the nearly men. Yeah, the nearly men. Yeah, well, so it's like that, that uh, banner Arsenal had. Spurs are the only team to finish third in a two horse race when Leicester won it. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I understand what you mean there. But yeah, that, that, that is my only worry. As I say, it, it, it's going to be their Istanbul moment type thing. But. You know, as a football fan, you're gonna go into a game and you're gonna you're gonna think about every eventuality. And I of think course, yeah. that that that's always gonna niggle at you in the back of your mind that you know just maybe one this this one occasion it isn't to be. But I'd say we're, we're as prepared as we can be and we're as ready as we can be, and we've got our full strength team. And and you know if if the stars align and 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 something happens and it's day and night, then. You, you know what, what? What can you do except, you know, get, crack on again next season? But in terms of having confidence in the team and the lineup and 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 going into the match, I, I'm absolutely full of confidence in this Liverpool side. And I think if we don't win it, it'll be a shock mm. for everybody. Yeah, I think I think you know everyone around the table seems like we're all in that same sort of mindset. Really, you know, there's a lot of belief in this side, isn't there? And rightly so. You know, it it, it it's a team. The foundations are there. Know what they've shown this season remarkable, really. Um, and you know, it, um, it got mentioned before. I feel it, it, it really does feel like it's this team's time, and they deserve something, you know, from yeah. this season after after the effort that they put in and stuff. So, I mean, 
there's not really much more to say. I, I think we are the better side, and, and on the night, bar, bar some mad mishap, I can't see us sort of not getting the business done. Will we be doing a drunken instant match review for Madrid, will we? Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I think it'd be rude not to do a drunken <laughs> instant match reaction, won't it? unless Gary's got to get on his coach and start going home. <laughs> you know what I mean? What time are you off, guys? I, th- I think it's like, I haven't had the full confirmation yet, but I think it's like half two, three what o'clock happened? in the morning. Do you, do you know what happens if it goes to penalties? Not? Would he delay it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, get I think that's in with the eventuality of that in mind. I, oh, I okay. think it'll already be done by that time, but yeah. if, it does, if it was to go to pens, I think it'd be a case of, I'd have to go quick. Yeah, mm. I mean, like obviously, when when we get there, what what what's the situation? What's all this nonsense about fan parks and all that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that because I haven't got a ticket. I'm not banking on getting one. I'll do my best to see if I can get in and all that, but we'll see what happens. But um, the fan parks are meant to shut at six, aren't they? Yeah, they're meant to be shut at six, not showing the game. I don't know if they're just saying that so fans don't go I over there I with no that, ticket. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's what that's what they that's what they're saying. And there's it, also done it last year it wasn't on in the fan parks. It's to dissuade. Fan yeah, put it this way: if you're trying to stop people trying to bunk in, you don't, you're not going to say, "Well, don't worry," because two minutes away from the turnstile, you'll get people trying to bunk in who weren't even planning to bunk in just because it's next to them. So, yeah, I know. mean, I, I just some I don't know exactly where they're located, but there was in that letter that Joe Anderson wrote. I think there was some. Um, Concern about where they were because I heard talk about people were going to be stranded, not being able to get to but the, the grounds. The grounds isn't in the city centre; it's, it's all no, sort of on the outskirts, south of the are. airport. And yeah. I think that's where the fan parks will probably be as well. Um, yeah. And then I think like the the chat was that if they do close them, then all of them fans have got to get from the outskirts of the city into the city, yeah. and they're all so going to be scrambling to find somewhere to watch and it. And, and stuff Tottenham and fans and Liverpool fans all, all at the same time, yeah, which will obviously be. I a can't little see little there being too much trouble though, you know, between can't. the two fans. No, like I, I hope not, because it'll spoil the occasion. You know what I mean? And it's that's it's that's one thing that we, it we don't have, isn't it? When, like, when when we go to these European Cup finals, we we never have trouble. It's always like a a, a good atmosphere and stuff, and you know what I mean. You don't want to see it get marred by trouble and all that too yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about well you know hopefully not but about the fans getting to to see the game if they're not going the match itself if they can get to that moon surface that we played Istanbul in yeah, three hours exactly, away yeah. from the middle of Istanbul yeah I don't see Madrid being a, being any, a you any know, big problem a, a massive problem there'll be tax there'll be people who aren't even taxi drivers giving people lifts in the yeah, boot yeah. again mm-hmm. won't they so <laughs> you yeah, know I mean the, an interesting the point what, one of the lads has just sent over and apparently it's being tweeted by Tony Barry um, is that he's He's, he's actually came out and said, I've been told by Spanish authorities that, that there's a bylaw being put in place for the weekend starting. If you've got a ticket and the ground is too full, you can legally be refused entrance with a valid ticket. So make sure you get in the grounds early. And that came directly from Tony Barrow, who's obviously a fan liaison, isn't he, for Liverpool now? Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one. They're obviously a bit concerned about forgeries and things and the ground getting, you know, too full. So, you know, any, any Liverpool fans who... Because, I mean, it happened with Athens, didn't it? It was like, any fans who, are, who have got tickets, you know, it, it might be one of them that you've got a plan to get in the grounds early because what, what we I'll don't want is... Be careful with your ticket absolutely as well before yeah. the game, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, there's not really much else that we can say on the, on the Champions League preview, except, you know, we're all, we're, all, we're all confident and we're all looking forward to getting there and getting in the sun, get a beer, and let's watch this red team absolutely blow the lights out and, and smash this fair side. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I mean, but um, it's been a yeah, pleasure to have, to have you on the podcast, gents. You know, thanks for joining us, and obviously from from myself, Gary, and Phil. Um, 
you know, it, 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 it's nice that in our first season as a podcast, we're getting to do a Champions League final preview uh, from the Liverpool perspective. You know, real honour for us and, yeah. and a pleasure. Yeah, and it's been a great season. And let's hope that we can round off this season. You know, yeah. well done, with, lads. With by the, the way, on your first year, fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it. just, a, I'm a fan of the show. So, you know, it's, it's great to see behind the scenes how Argies are working. But the show's brilliant. Long may it continue next season. Yeah, really appreciate it. And so the Blues as well, to be fair. Can't yeah, can't they're not a bad bunch. There's worse ones than them, <laughs> to be honest. There's so. definitely worse. So, yeah. But, uh, no, obviously, um, we'll be back with a normal podcast uh, next Monday. I, th- I think Phil won't be here. He'll still be sort of trekking home from wherever he is. <laughs> um, probably walking from no, Bilbao. I'll be on the beach in Bilbao. Don't worry about that. Where we go. I'll be in my coach still, you know. <laughs> Gary, I'll still be honest. So, I'll be here doing a podcast on my own then, you know. You're not in Africa, no? No, I'm, I'm home on the Sunday, me. So, um, so I th- we we have got norm- a normal podcast coming out on the Monday, and hopefully it's it's one that we're going to be reviewing a, a Liverpool win in the Champions League final. Um, so do join us and tune in. Uh, we as as we mentioned on the last podcast, we have got a full schedule throughout the summer. We're not we're not going to you know disappear and and stuff. There's obviously holidays, but we'll work around it. Um, but you know we're, we're still going to be getting the podcast out and obviously it might not be as long episodes because the topics are obviously a bit skinnier on the ground but there's always stuff to talk about transfers and stuff and, and, and what's going on and we've got a couple of little specials and things lined up so do tune in obviously you know any questions any comments anything reviews want to get across to us do, do get on our, our social media it's across the park PC on Twitter and Instagram search us on across the park on Facebook you can also go to the website, which is across the park podcast.co.uk, and you can send us any messages or emails via the web uh, the website as well. We do have a chat function on there. So yeah, all that's left to say is thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Come on, you mighty Reds! Come on, Reds!